calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's partner plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Nutrisystem, Inc. Hodeskew is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hey, I'm Pantsless Aaron. This is Stevie. And I'm Augie. And we are Because Fuck You, That's Why, the podcast that's all about playing games and having fun. Our games are mostly based on British panel shows or British game shows, but we'll play just about anything that catches our attention and imagination. Our show is all about laughs, so please come by and have a great time. Why? Because Because Fuck You, That's Why. Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate Rico. What's up, man? Ho, ho, ho! You motherfucker! Wow, damn. Well, that's a way to end the year, isn't it? Jesus. And the way to celebrate Frank Sinatra's birthday. <laughs> is it today, or would have yeah. been? Obviously, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he would be a hundred and five, maybe. Well, he looked a hundred and five when he died, so I guess that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he looked awful for eighty-two. He looked. <laughs> He looks awful for dead. <laughs> he he lived probably 105 years worth of life in those 82 years. <laughs> I mean, let's be oh, real yeah. about he it. Did, that dude. He did, he did all that uh, when he was married to Eva Gardner. He aged uh, about 20 years and about five years. He still hey, looked good, to be hey, fair. Don't, he don't be good. Don't be dogging on Kay Beckinsale now. I don't want to hear that. I didn't say anything about Kay Beckinsale. I said Eva Gardner. You know, do you get that reference or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She, uh, she played Gardner in The Aviator. Yeah. Oh, I love that fucking movie. That, I don't know if we ever talked about that, but I love that fucking movie. It, it's, it's definitely, I'm, like I said, I'm not a big DiCaprio fan, but I thought he did a good job. And yeah. I thought Scorsese did a Of all the people who do Howard Hughes, Scorsese was a great director. Oh, sure, it. sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and, and it's, it's one of those long movies that doesn't feel long. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, it's neat that way. Um, speaking of long things that don't feel long, we got a letter. <laughs> I'm glad you said letter. I thought you were talking about something else, but okay. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, we got a we got a letter from Jay. We got an Oz report. We just got a letter. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, we got a, it's a nice a nice chunky one. One of these letters that we get from Jay <laughs> from time to time. Stop it! You are so dirty. No, 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 it's just like, I've just never heard these, a nice chunky one to describe a letter. I'm like, I, 
I guess that's better than creamy, or is it not? Like, <laughs> no, it's not. It's it, no, it is. This it butter is. has the consistency of a uh, peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, we're off to a start on this fucking thing. Um, but before we even get into it, I also want to mention I I had got my third microchip, so I'm good. Yeah. Are, why are you calling it the microchip? You've never heard that theory. I uh, know I've heard the theory, but why are you fueling the the fucking? I only do it around the people that I know that can take the joke because they they know me to know that I'm not actually believing that. Okay, but I think in this day and age you have to clarify. That's the problem. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, Look, yes, I, no, here, I don't. Here's the thing: I, people that I didn't expect like to have their uh, their political leanings. I'm beginning to find out little by little. Like I don't know, I I don't know people anymore. Uh, like, dude, I've, I've, yeah, that's been that's been something I've been struggling with for five years now. Honestly, yeah. But it comes as it, it really just comes as a fucking shock. Like yep. someone I know, uh, I, and they didn't even tell me. I found out through someone else. They say, like, "Oh yeah, so and so voted for Trump," and I'm like, "They fucking did? Oh, really?" I, I, I know someone super close to me that I will not name, who is a very much an anti-vaxer. Yeah, uh, mm. specific and not not in the way that Jenny McCarthy used to be, but in specific to the, the this one. current anti-vaxxer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So very much anti anti-vax, and it's not it's not what I would have expected from that person. Like we we poli- right. I already knew we politically lean different directions, mm-hmm. but I thought I always feel like the the vaccine's more of a common sense thing than a political thing. And no, it yeah. <laughs> it's so. become a political thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew it was a political thing, too, but I, I thought for this person it would be more a common sense thing over politics. It's a common sense thing depending on the political leanings. I guess. Yeah, that's that's true. So, um, hold- Dino, Dino came up in my lap to talk some shit about the fucking vaccine. Go for it, Dino. You- do, do your thing, homie. Are you anti-vax, Dino? <laughs> Anything that means I don't get shot in the butt. Right, Every, his experience with getting shots is not positive. Yeah, neither. he didn't even get a fucking lollipop. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, Fetus does okay. I got to give her credit when we take her to the vet. Right, uh, not to get on a whole thing because we got a nice long letter to get through and something we want to talk about at the end that we have. We're not gonna spoil, but um, she she does really well. She's super nervous. She shakes like crazy, but she's right. she's really well behaved. She does not, you know. Uh, the the hardest part is getting her from the waiting room into the exam room. But once we get her into the exam room, she she's well behaved. She does what they tell her to do. The hardest part sometimes is getting her to stand up if they need to look like in the rear section for some reason. Mm-hmm. But that's that's it. That's the only times that she really gives us any trouble. Yes, yeah, so she does really well over there though, and it's just I I got to give her credit for that because a lot of animals can be. <laughs> You know what I mean? Even when she's yeah. getting the shot, she's not like running or cowering. Like she'll just stand there and take it like a champ, looking <laughs> at me like motherfucker. But you know, at the same time, you know. Yeah, she's plotting to piss on the floor after that. <laughs> no, she gets really lethargic. Honestly, she just, she just, she comes home and she just plops. Chills. She's done. Yeah. yeah, she's done. Um, the one she hates the most, the only one I've seen her fight with is the one that they, I don't know if they do it with cats, but with dogs, there's one vaccine that goes up the nose. 
I haven't seen that. If they've done anything, I have yet to see it. It yeah. may be behind. Uh, with dogs, with dogs, there's one vaccine. I forget which one it is for, but it, they use it. It's still a syringe, but it doesn't have a needle on it. It's like a... Right. It, and they just stick it in her nose, and, and she hates... That's the one... You'll see her like try to avoid that one. But I don't blame her, man. I don't blame her either. But yeah, so that's where we're All at. Right. All right, let's get this letter going. Uh, so we have another return to Oz. Uh, as it's laid out right now, I have parts one and two, and you get parts three and four. So we're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna be listening to me talk for a while, sadly, uh, for most people. I know. So yeah. I know, I know, I try. Um, I also have my. My toddy here, so I'm gonna need that because I am not feeling great after this thing. You are a champ for pushing through this, sir. Well, no, I don't. I don't need that kind of praise, but I'm certainly not a hundred percent for sure. So, all right, all well, right. fuck you. I was trying to be nice. All right, fuck me. Okay, right. so uh, here we go. Return to Oz. Season's greetings, my beloved Podeskew. It's good riddance to twenty one. Bring on twenty two. That's the na- that's the title she gave this thing. I kind of like it. I think we shorten it a little bit, but as a whole, I think that's our title for this I, thing. I do have a title based in mind, based on what the other portion of today's episode is going to be. I'll tell you at the end of it. All right, because I also have one. She also titled the file she sent me, Return to Oz, the Chrissy edition, which I kind of dig that as a title, too, honestly. So Okay. Yeah, we'll talk, though. Anyway. Good day, one and all, and season's greetings from down under to everyone. It's your number one fan and ever loyal cunty koala spawner from Oz, Jay. Here to deliver you all my drummer boy Chrissy gift of tales of our silliness south of the equator to send loads of love and thank yous and BJ blowies to you all, my beloved Potescu fam. May Santa stuff your stockings with stacks of sweet surprises and special spoilies, and may all those sweet dreams you keep within your hearts come true. Man, she's getting illiterate on me on this one. <laughs> that was like a she's tongue twister right there. Fucking well, that Dr. Seuss better fucking watch out, man. Right. Well, he is dead too, so I think I think she's alright. So Dr. Seuss is only dead if your childhood died. Fair enough. Okay. Firstly, my deepest apologies for my absence of late and not fulfilling my correspondent duties. But this year has been bloody rough and at times, for many of us, a pretty lonely one. Thanks to the now ever-present pestilence of Delta, the world plunged back into lockdown once again and for the next four months we were all trapped in perpetual quarantine. For my girls and I here in Sydney, we'd become separated by circumstance after Jojo and Kailata, whom now just goes by the much shorter name of Kai these days, went down for the weekend, only to become trapped by military and police roadblocks and closures. What was supposed to be a quick round trip led to them being trapped on the farm at Cassie and Becca's place for the entire four-month lockdown. Right? I know. Uh, I still wonder, like, and I've asked Jay about this, and it's not that she hasn't given me an answer, but I don't think I've fully understood her answers. But, like, people have jobs. Like, how do you, like, you're traveling because things open up, and then you don't get back in time. Like, what what the fuck are you supposed to do, you know? I have no idea. <clears throat> yeah, so. Kai adapted fairly quickly to the change of pace and gave her a lot of peaceful, contemplative time in a supportive, loving environment and she was a great help with the animals whilst Cass got back on her feet post-broken leg. But then, there was Jojo. (laughs) 
just the way you phrase it made That's it the way all she wrote it. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then there was JoJo. <laughs> country life did not suit our JoJo one little bit. The quiet countryside drove her batty. The constant threat of snakes and spiders and a nasty skin reaction to all her mozzie bites left her itchy and jumpy and constantly on edge. JoJo puts the cunt in country. <laughs> None of her expensive heels and dresses, merely what she had thrown in her overnight bag for the couple of days they had planned to be there and was stuck in Becca's farmware the entire time. But her biggest gripe Whenever I spoke to them on the phone, was all, please send help, save me, Jay. I need a bloody root now, really bad. <laughs> Why is JoJo asking Jay to find her a root? I, I think it was more venting than anything. I know, but like, look, no offense, but like, Jay's not, Jay's not the best pimp. She can't <laughs> even procure it for herself. True, true, true. Well, you know, I find that people that struggle for themselves tend to be the best wingmen, or women in this case. Not not when they're not together. Well, no, but I'm saying in general terms. But I can't sure. imagine there were too many people around for JoJo to be rooting down there anyway. Um, Maybe that's why the bugs bit back. <laughs> uh, we're all fairly certain this is the longest stretch of abstinence she's endured since her preteen days, and it quite literally drove her around the bend. Oh, poor fucking you. <laughs> boo At, fucking who, JoJo? Boo, 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 boo. Fucking, fucking, you've got your blue meanie. Calm down. No, you I don't think she had that with her either. Because, well, no, she does carry that everywhere she goes, according to the one report we read. So Either way, bitch, you got two hands. True, true. Uh, so, At her worst moments, when cabin fever would consume her whole, she would get drunk and completely <laughs> naked, forgetting momentarily about her critter terror and run out into the dead of night in true Joe Joker fashion. She would dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. You all right there? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, what, the, what the fuck? I'm, I, I'm just imagining she did that, like, stark naked, like, for she some did. reason. She did. That's what, she, that's what, that just, that's what I just read. She, Say she, it again? Okay, I'll read it again. Uh, at her worst moments, when Kevin Fever would consume her whole, she would get drunk and completely naked, forgetting oh, momentarily okay. about her critter terror, and run out into the dead of night, and in true JoJo Joker fashion, she would dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Okay, I missed I missed the the getting naked part. Oh okay, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, she... I'm glad my my imagination confirmed it. I I love pulling out the Batman '89 line. Like I'm not the biggest. I, it's fan good, of the man. Yeah, I, I, I although I can't imagine like you know when I when I read as Joe Joker, I do it as Mark Hamill. I can't do it as Nicholson. I just don't think it applies. Yeah, no, I I think you're fine. I think you're fine. Yeah. So. Uh, many attempts were made by her from attempting to bribe police officers with cash, booze, and blowies, but no avail. She even attempted to hire a helicopter for a few hours to hover and hoist her out of there, but the pilots in lockdown weren't about to risk losing their licenses to rescue this horny damsel in distress. How, how much fucking money or how cheap is a helicopter? I'm like, starting, yeah, like, JoJo's I feel like JoJo's a baller. Like, there's something about her that we're not being told that she's, like, just rolling in money. I think JoJo is a fucking, like, undercover, like, secret agent or something. <laughs> she's well, she's 
fucking is she the female james bond because she's just yeah. everybody yeah yeah she's jojo bond she's jojo fucking <laughs> bond she... jojo bond yeah yeah stick it to me shaking and start <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh my god she's yeah, the teeny in the martini <laughs> you realize we're only a page and a paragraph into this i don't give a fuck man this is what we do we i know fucking... i ain't complaining i'm saying we get Look, a lot more I, to we go. have free reign to give shit to jojo because oh, we i got totally it part do. three so don't worry I, you know what uh, so, quick side note though like I've heard a lot about JoJo over the last several months, and and my my opinion of her as a whole has swung much more positively than it. Used oh, to absolutely. Be. So yeah, we're we're giving you a good ribbing. Oh yeah, uh, it's it as opposed rib, to a rib yeah. for her pleasure. <laughs> yes, there you go. Shit, we should call it that. We should call it that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Anyway, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, on my end, it was just myself and her BB, the bondage bandit, remaining in town. Phoning me often to pine away for her and not so subtly make certain she wasn't playing kinky sex games involving electrical pulsations to their nether regions with anyone else down there. Okay. I, they couldn't have called each other for that? I, okay. I was about to say, like, I, I, I need some dick. Okay. The, the fucking... Bondage Bandit's right, like... No, Bondage Bandit was up in Sid. In Sydney. So why don't they just call each other and fucking have some phone sex? I I don't know. I I don't know. JoJo has a phone. Like, we've established this. She's, like, the only other person in Sydney who has a phone, apparently. (laughs) Um... She was so desperate to leave that when they were finally released from lockdown, both her and Kai were first in line at the police checkpoint at 12.01 a.m. She zoomed past them so fast she copped yet another fine, her seventh in four months, all from her attempts to escape and evade capture. Subsequently, they've suspended her license until she faces court in the new year. Okay, I take it back. She's not a secret agent. She's, <laughs> she, she, she is the Bond villain who dresses like Bond. Yeah, there you go. But goes by Octopussy. Oh, man. For me, though, I was trapped here in my home and very much alone. Outside of their phone calls made whenever, they, whenever they'd head into town, my only companions were my fuzzy little cherubs. But thankfully, I was so blessed and fortunate to have my incredible Potoskew fam with never-ending support, kindness, love, and so much content and entertainment with back catalog episodes of Deep Dive Daily that I hardly had time to feel bored nor lonely. I can never thank you enough for it. Oh, and guys. God. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yep. Oh, and guys, we were hoping you could pass on a message from us all down south. We've recently caught wind of some chick who wishes to send some military down here to para-drop in and rescue us from our oppressive lockdowns and lifestyle here in Oz. But I can assure you all with complete certainty that isn't necessary in the least. And we're all now free again from the legislated lockdowns and quarantines. So the likely result is your troops will land on Bondi Beach be handed a coldie or 10 and taken on a pub crawl through all the strip clubs in town. Well, maybe some people finally get some fucking roots then. Yeah, maybe. As with most apocalypses, pestilence and plagues go hand in (coughs) hand together. And during 2021 down here in Oz, that's been no different. Even though our summer began less than a week ago, the sun has remained in what appears to be perpetual lockdown as well. 
With mostly rainy, drizzly weather all spring, and predictions are it'll remain that way all summer long thanks to a weather pattern known as La Nina. But all of this unseasonable rain has created plagues of unprecedented proportion of everything. What, frogs raining from the sky? No, but firstly, the rats. Down on the farm, horror stories the girls regale me with about hundreds of thousands of bush rats squeaking and screeching as they fight for food and devour acres of farmland and crops. They were originally destined for the Big Smoke's dinner table have been destroyed, sending my weekly grocery bill skyrocketing. Motherfuckers. It's, if only we knew someone who had a horde of cats. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention, well, listen, and the grocery bills around here haven't been great either because of uh, fucking inflation, man. It's been right. Yeah. Um, there was a, also a local farmer who decided to take a nap on his couch having a few coldies and woke up to find a rat had gnawed its way through his entire toenail and began feasting upon his flesh. Ow! Oh my God. That is fucking disgusting. Okay. First off. I got it. Yes. Second of all, um, that local farmer did not take a nap on the couch after having a few cold ones. That motherfucker passed out after drinking a lot of beer. That's what that yeah. shit was. If you if you fall asleep and a toe a uh, toe a rat is eating your toe or toenail, you would wake the fuck up. Yes. If you are passed the fuck out, no. then you sleep through the fucking raticide. Exactly. That's some fucking, okay, then he needs to fucking rub some, like, antifungal cream on his toes, plus some rat poison from now on. Okay, I just read the next line to myself, and this is, like, my goddamn nightmare. Oh, no, no, I know, it's, it's, okay. Now, if you think that's scary gross, embrace yourselves, guys. The rats have caused plagues of snakes, heartily devouring the buffet of rats now available to them, Add to that nightmare, the moist, muggy, damp weather has been the perfect breeding ground for another one of our deadly critters down south, spiders. Specifically, our most deadly ones, the funnel webs and redbacks. They're yeah, breeding- I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I, all right. Have, Merry fucking Christmas. I'll see you fuckers later. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm, fuck. All right. Uh, their breeding seasons normally pass by now, but not this year. They are thriving and even turning up here in Sydney. I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me too. I haven't even gone down there, and I want to leave. So, uh, whoever Sydney is, can go fuck himself. <laughs> in fact, so JoJo and I were happily sitting in front of Scooby, enjoying our Sunday Arvo DJ Xanthus party. JoJo sipping on cocktails as usual, and me gasbagging away in the Discord. While out of nowhere, a black spider, about a half an inch long, scurried right across my keyboard. After letting out a girly scream, I realized time was of the essence, and I immediately got to work attempting to capture this unwanted and unexpected guest at my DJ Xanthus party. But I was too slow and late as he quickly scurried straight into my laptop. Now, because I was using it at the time, Scooby had a penis inside her, my name for a techie term of a USB modem. So that's what she calls a... A fucking laptop and get laid, but not you. All right. (laughs) Right. So that hole was luckily already filled, but nevertheless. (laughs) (laughs) That laptop was plugged with a three and a half inch floppy. Uh, uh, Nevertheless, he was somewhere inside of a Scooby. Yeah, that's called an STD. (laughs) 
a spider transmitted disease. That's a virus. <laughs> I That's, like that. That, that is the worst form of spider solitaire. Oh, I need oh, a rim. that that you groaned at. I need a rim shot uh, sound effect for that one. Someone needs a rim job, but go ahead. <laughs> and so the hunt for the huntsman commenced. JoJo's assist came in the form of holding the raid can, tucking her feet up onto the couch beneath her, and hitting a double shot of Jack to calm her nerves. Oh. <laughs> and, and and by that, she means there was a dude named Jack nearby. No, sadly, I think this was Jack Daniels, but yeah. I don't... That, that's just two guys. It's Jack and Daniel. That's how <laughs> JoJo calms down. All whilst I shook, rattled, and rolled Scooby in the hopes that this bug that had infiltrated Scooby's hole would eventually seek freedom. But six hours of staring at Scooby's dark holes and nothing. <laughs> it's like a fucking proctology exam with her laptop. <laughs> when you see the spider, you've got AIDS. <laughs> Um, just mere moments before I DM'd my techie superhero, CJ, with a query about, uh, question, sir, can a spider inside a laptop become a problem? I felt something tickle my foot and then my leg. Ah! Scooby flew from my lap and now a a now very inebriated JoJo jumped back to the, jumped to the back of the couch, falling backwards over the back. As I began swinging with my trusty swatter at this thing with all my might, but he was super fast and got away from me. It was my beloved Finny Bear who had come to see what all the screaming and fuss was about. He spots it scurry across his path and with one simple maneuver places his paw right over it, giving his mama time to get there and to lift it and squish him for good. This is the most uncomfortable... I felt recording in a while because I legit have the heebie-jeebies, but I'm laughing silently. This is really, this is like watching Spider-Man when you're a kid and you're arachnophobic. You're like, yay, Spider-Man, ew, spider. Like, yeah, I, I have to endear the origin story to, for him to get his powers, but then yay, powers. This is well, fucking awful. The good news is there's only a little bit left on the spider and then we move on. So Great, great, great. Now, to all those PETA people and insect lovers out there, I assure you, I normally don't kill all spiders, just the ones that could hurt my finny bear and I. Usually here in Sydney, we just have huntsmen and house spiders. Both are harmless and great to keep other insects at bay. But if I was ever to come across a funnel web, I'd attempt to safely corner and capture it in a container and surrender it for milking to create anti-venom stockpiles. That's the problem with Oz. You have so many other things that have venomous problems that you need to capture a deadly spider for milking to create anti-venom. What's the anti-venom for JoJo? <laughs> Jack Daniels. <laughs> no, that keeps her going <laughs> to a certain degree. That's her fucking love potion sixty nine. <laughs> sixty nicely done. Thank you. Uh, after disposing of it and praising my brave boy for his heroics, I really I realized JoJo had been very quiet since she disappeared over the back of the couch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I quickly ran back there, worried she may have injured herself during the fall. But there she was, soaked and covered in remnants of Jack and melted ice cubes, sprawled out and now snoring on my lounge room floor. 
Still concerned she may have suffered a concussion or injured herself, I awoke her and wrangled her to her feet before placing her back up and onto the couch. At first, she was oblivious to how exactly she ended up on the floor, but then when it hit her, she immediately began to scream and panic all over again. I assured her our party crasher had been eliminated, but that didn't stop her jumping at every imagined tickle and creepy sensation she had. Nor did it stop her from requesting another shot of Jack to calm her nerves. Sadly for her, she was wearing the last remnants of Jack. And my bar is now closed. Did she wring her fucking shirt and squeeze it into a fucking glass? I wouldn't be surprised. That's what JoJo is not admitting. She fucking sucked on her shirt. She's probably not the only one. She's the only one who sucked on her shirt in that particular time. That's probably true. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now it's time to update you all on our Potaskew Pussy Pack. Our youngest of our fluffy flock, Taffy, is healthy and thriving, growing stronger and more mischievously mischievous daily. She still adores chasing her lizards in my yard, and both Rico and Smokey are fiercely protective of her. Not a day goes by where I don't, at some stage, catch the adorable little threesome cuddling up, grooming, and looking upon each other. Lesbos. Sa- What's that? Lesbos. No, one of them's a guy, if I remember. They're all pussies. They're all pussies. Uh, but sadly, this pussy throuple is soon to cease, as Taffy is destined to soon depart for her forever home down on the farm with Cassie and Becca. Nice. Yeah. Not unlike his namesake, Rico is incredibly intelligent. I beg to differ. (laughs) I I do too, fuck. (laughs) So much so, he's learned to speak. Just before he... (laughs) Just like the fucking namesake. Just like the real guy, yeah. No, he never shuts the fuck up either. Um, Okay. Just before sunrise each morning, without fail, Rico comes to my bedroom window and begins to say hello over and over again. That does not sound like me. No. Make no mistakes, folks. He generally sounds like he's learned to mimic the exact way in which I greet them all in a cutesy, sing-songy way, and now does it many times throughout the day to get my attention for snacks and treats, or to let him inside for some love scratches, snuggles, or merely to say good day. Yeah, Dino doesn't do that. No. Dino yells. Dino, yes. he, especially when he wants to go out, he goes. Like just goes on. Yeah, and, oh man! Yeah. The day when, like, when he gets his wet food, his wet food is his fucking crack, and like, we have to give him like a half a can because he doesn't eat the whole damn thing. But I'm opening a can in the kitchen, and he is bitching. It's like, it like if if the fucking drug user could like whine to the drug dealer, just like. Come on, man! Let, let me have it. It's mine. It just goes all. It's the most boo boo bee boo my fucking cat can do, <laughs> and he he does it all the way from the kitchen to all the way out here, and he is like tr- like underneath my foot. He's me me as he's running. He meows at the same time. So he goes me. <laughs> like a car revving up yeah 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 it's but he it's every trot so it's me yeah that's how it's revving up it's actually like it's a car struggling it's about to die yeah it's i think i can i think i can (laughs) um uh just reading ahead a little bit it seems like you know this next paragraph already even though you may not know where it fits in the story 
Rico is also very sociable with all the other neighborhood pussy posse, so much so that he decided recently to bring a guest home to visit, uh, whom has yet to leave, and so I decided to leave it to Rico's namesake to give this new, to lo- new little girl a name, with which he chose, do you want to tell her, or do you want to say it? Uh, Robin, if I remember correctly. You did, yeah. A very fitting name, as she too has now become a permanent member of this ever-incredibly fluffy flock here in Gotham City. At first, I was trepidous of her bringing home even more kittens to care for, but so far, that doesn't appear to be the case. Thank fuck. Oh, just wait. One yeah. more year. One more year, you know, Jay's going to be, like, write, writing in the middle of it. She's like, all right, this is my last final uh, return to Oz update because I'm slowly being eaten by cats. <laughs> I just hope she hasn't turned into that, the woman from The Simpsons. Turn into... Well, she doesn't like, ramble like that. She doesn't. Rah, 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 rah. She doesn't do that. No, shit. she knows how to write. That's true. Sometimes we don't understand what Jay is saying, <laughs> so might as well be like. <laughs> did you ever see that Are episode? You... Did you ever see that episode where it turned out she's like like a Harvard scholar or some shit? Yeah, like she's like super intelligent. And the cats just drove her crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that kind of describes Jay. Like we love Jay, but also like Jay, you fucking like. Enunciate and put the cats down. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, all my chirps have been given the chop, as has my bank balance, so there's no risk of any of my tribe impregnating her. Just borrow some fucking money from JoJo. She's got apparently got thousands of dollars and billions of... Uh, Both Lily Rose and Tilly Tail Gobbler have a blast chasing each other and the babies up and down my yard. But if they become too rough with either Robin or Taffy, Big Bros, Rico, and Smoke are there to fast sort them out with a boof of their paws or a gentle hiss and growl to get their attention to halt the proceedings, which works a treat each time. Yeah, we know what's up. Rico and Smokey know what's up. We'll fucking smack a cat as long as we get a reward. There you go. Uh... Uh, even though Tilly and Lily have a new forever home, they're both constant visitors to my yard and visit to visit and play with their brothers and sister, as well as to dine on Din Din's both here and then return home for a second helping. I'm fairly certain their new owners were oblivious to how often this dynamic duo actually returned home to Gotham until their children were being homeschooled during the recent lockdowns, and I was constantly fielding phone calls from kids wondering where their beloved kittens had wandered off to. <laughs> what the fuck? So they were they were coming back. They were like, yeah. yeah. We all had a very close call of late when my landlord out of nowhere decided to do an inspection of my property. I became instantly terrified. What if the neighbors had finally complained about Gotham becoming overrun by felines from all sides, casually constantly traipsing across their fences and through their yards? We were all about to be given... Were we all about to be given the boot? But luckily, they seemed to sense danger on the horizon, and for the first time, well, ever, they all made themselves scarce before she arrived. (laughs) Fucking in cahoots with each other. It's like, oh shit, Commissioner Gordon's here. All you cat women and cat men, run. Yeah, (laughs) right? Hide in the poison ivies. Uh, Any more? You good? I don't know. I fucking speak as they come to me. All right. Um, I lost my place. Oh, there we go. Uh, Although there was... 
at one point where I looked out in my yard and I saw Tilly scurrying around along my fence, and I also caught a glimpse of Taffy chasing her lizards at one stage, but luckily for us, my landlord didn't. Now, get those tissues ready, folks. This one's going to be a toughie. Ah, uh, fuck! Yeah, I... I thought, the, I thought the spiders was bad. No, oh, fuck. No. Jay. Yeah. All right, all right. It is with the heaviest of hearts that I inform you that our matriarch, Steffi, is no longer with us. No. Yeah. yeah. It's sad, too. It, I, I read this part earlier. I, I won't lie. But uh, she was returning home from her daily trip down to visit her firstborn baby, CJ, when, unbeknownst to my neighbor, she had taken a break underneath his parked car. He told me he'd found her there often and was usually very careful to check for her before pulling out of his driveway. But on this particular day, he was distracted as wife had just come out of surgery and he was in a hurry to go see her. He immediately knew what he'd done the moment he heard the wail of pain. Even though we were in lockdown, he, and apparently my entire block, knew she lived here, so he came rushing up, pounding on my door. I raced down to his house, but by the time we'd gotten there, she was gone. Even, even so, he insisted on taking her for emergency treatment, to which he paid the entire bill for, and even offered me $500 to buy a new cat, to which I declined. He was genuinely sorry... And even sweetly sent a bunch of flowers and a condolence card the very next day. It truly was an accident, and I couldn't blame him in the least. He told me how his wife had seen her coming and going every day, and the two of them had become mates. The normally standoffish Steffi would happily receive her treats and snack from her hand, and even allowed her a little cuddle from now and then. Something she never even let me do. So farewell to our brave matriarch, Steffi. (laughs) Your life may well have been cut short... But your impact on this world still very much mattered. After all, if she hadn't found sanctuary here in Gotham City with me, my heart and home would be very much emptier without them all today. Her wallet would be fuller. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Jay, I gotta, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that sucks. And I, I get, but you know what? Like, <clears throat> unlike what happened before, you know, obviously this one was involved a human, but you know. I have no reason to believe that Jay would falsify what happened. And if this guy sounds like he genuinely was like upset, like he's not, yeah, eh, you know, so, you know, sadly accidents happen, but we can't, I'm not, I'm, I can't, I personally, and I think you probably agree. We can't get mad at the guy. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, uh, my, I'll tell you a really brief story. My, sure. At the land, uh, you know, we, we have neighbors and shit, but we're all, separated through like plots of land and hills and forests and shit not so much forest but yeah, yeah, yeah you know a lot of green and a lot of grass and everything um we would my dad and i we uh would visit a neighbor this is when i was a very young kid like six seven eight um we had a, a neighbor and we would visit her every once in a while and she had this little dog that just kept hiding under dad's car and we kept shooing it out, and and this this would go on every single time, every single time we would visit, and undoubtedly we would have to like shoo the dog away before we left. And one day we just were distracted, and the dog didn't run out, and my dad ran over the car and oh. uh, ran over the dog. I'm sorry, uh, and you know it was like a little. I don't know what kind of breed it was. One of those small Yorkie mutt type things, like a Maltese or it was something like that. It was small, but not a Chihuahua. And 
I, I remember her yelling at us as we were driving off, my dad hitting the brakes. And sure, enough, I mean, and as a little kid, that was one of the first kind of instances of like life and death. Yeah. And it was, it was totally avoidable, but it was accidental. And I felt so fucking bad for her that like we, my dad was like, we got to, like I started crying and we got to, we had to leave. So we left and left her alone or she had a friend over, but like we left her alone with her dying smushed dog. Like basically there's nothing they could do at that point. And so I remember like a bit of time had passed and we went to visit her again. And because I, you know, I was so young, I didn't have any way of like condoning my feelings to her. How, but how I felt were, so I don't know if bad. You said Rico, but how old were you? You were young, but you don't think you said an age, did you? I was like, I was like six, seven, eight, something. Okay, like that. okay, yeah. Um, but I had no way of, of short of walking over and like sure. telling her how sorry I was, you know, for it happening because I did kind of feel responsible because I was in the car. You know, you know, it's that's how young kids think. You know, it's out yeah, of yeah, control yeah. what they feel. Yeah. You know, kids are great when it comes to feeling like sad about shit, and we. Drove over to say hello, and the first thing I said was, sorry about your dog. And the look of, like, I was just trying to be compassionate and nice, but even though I'd been, like, a year later. And I remember this look on my dad's face, like, oh, Jesus, why'd you bring that up? Like, well, and, I mean, she, and the look on her face was like, she was upset, but she, like, understood that I was just trying to be yeah, genuine. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't rubbing it in. You were like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm sorry it took a year to tell you, but, like, my dad didn't take me over here, probably because he was embarrassed and mortified with himself, because that was a, dad is a big animal lover. Absolutely, yeah. But dad told me, like, when we went home, dad was like, why did you have to bring that up? Why? Like, he was upset, and I said, because I never told her I'd. I was sorry. It's it, Rico. I appreciate you have a, you know, a good heart. I remember to say that you have a good heart, but sometimes there's a time and a place, and it wasn't necessary to say that. Which is really fucking funny. I'm like, he told me that there's a time and a place to not say shit. But well, he wasn't right. as he wasn't as curmudgeonly back then. Yeah, he was. <laughs> okay, I was trying to. No, he was. He is. He will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, All right, that ready? Said. Yeah, let's get back to this. Well, no, that's that's the end of that. So we're we're okay. we're done that, and we're we're moving on to new new topics and much more fun things from the sounds of it. So good. Part two, reunited, and it feels oh so good. I think I fucked that up, but it was supposed to be. Have you ever heard that song? Mm-mm. Reunited, and it feels so good. Yeah, that's I. It's an old. There you 70. go. Yeah, I I. Yeah, there we go. Potescue parties, pilgrimages, and pumping up volumes. Well, what a year it's been for our beloved Potescue. From Rico's 30th birthday and the long overdue surprise reunion of our superheroes, which truly did make a long-held dream of mine come true. To see you both in the same room and hug it out was one of the greatest Potescue moments of all time for your number one fan of all these years. And the worst for us. (laughs) No, stop it. Okay, one of the worst for us. Damn, fuck you. (laughs) Oh, no, no. I'll send you the bill for that plane ticket. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Then having the opportunity to hear about all your fun adventures together, both on Good Vocal and the episode titled I Left My Balls in Oakland, was so fantastic. 
Thank you all so much for inviting me to Rico's birthday celebration episode deep in Oakland. It truly meant the absolute world to me to be included in the festivities. What what I remember from that, Rico, that cracks me the fuck up is that we were, what would you say, like 20 minutes into talking to her? And she was like, we're not recording yet, are we? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. It's like, do you, do you know us? We record almost everything. Yeah. yeah. It just still cracks me up. Anyway. Then a few months later, it was on to their second reunion as they made the holy pilgrimage to Mecca. And whilst they're meeting up there with some of the Odd Pods Media Network stallion stablemates, as well as making some new mates along the way also. It was on that sacred holy ground of New Jersey that our home team valiantly battled it out for supremacy and back-to-back wins for our Podescu home team with an assist from Podescu's own creative genius logo Mike in the BFYTW Trivia Challenge. But sadly, it wasn't to be this time around, as Bridget from Long Island took home the win. Even so, you all did brilliantly, and I was so very proud of you all. Seeing you both there together and capturing those incredible shots outside the quick stop was a dream come true for yours truly. Whilst you both created so many memories, it brought such immense joy and great delight to your fans also. So there we I'm go. still I'm still very disappointed that the quick stop was like not in black and white. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yes, it does. Okay. Congrats also to you both for reaching such an auspicious occasion as 150 episodes of My Happy Place, our beloved Potoskew, which at the time of this letter being written has now reached a phenomenal 175 episodes. A massive achievement in the podcasting world, many fall by the wayside long before achieving even a hundred shows. I can't thank you both enough for granting my wish or a deep dive into my all-time favorite movie, Pump Up the Volume. Besides my beloved Kev Smith fave dogma, of course. While back when I was first fortunate enough to discover the brilliance of Potoskew, you both kindly asked me what films I would like to see you both deep dive. Without a moment's hesitation, the concept of two podcasters and a pirate radio DJ would be a perfect combination. A fact you both concluded also as his character genuinely was the OG podcaster. And you're very correct, sirs. Both this film and Christian Slater created many a puddle of smoosh for me over the years. (laughs) For the audience, the look on Rico's face then was just very priceless. I I think she needs to remind need a reminder that it's called pump up the volume and not pump up her volume. <laughs> As did hearing you both bring my dream to fruition, and sharing it with us all on such a special occasion touched my heart and delighted me to no end. Go ahead. I don't have anything. Oh, okay, to say. you look like you were going to say something. I I'm allowed to make faces, and you do frequently. I'm I'm more than just an auditory funny man. I'm very physical. <laughs> what thrilled and excited me, though, was the fact that you both dug it also. I was extremely relieved and loved hearing that it didn't feel like homework like some of your other deep dives do. The monologues throughout it are bril- brilliantly written and orated, and the fact that it was originally based on a true story with the intention of getting their message out made the subject matter even more poignant. I concur with you both that it does have that Hughesian feel to it, though. Did we say that? Hughesian? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. I, 
it's a little ironic that we talked about Howard Hughes earlier, and 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 apparently we said they had a Hughesian feel to it. I yeah, I I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. Okay, I think everything in the eighties is Hughesian. No. The character Hard Harry's turn of phrase soaked in the innuendos and profanity was a true awakening within when I first discovered this film as a young teenage girl. Both the film and he spoke to me and it completely eschewed my view of the world surrounding me and it, at the time in my life, not unlike the character Paige Woodward, you know, the one who blew up her kitchen, I was merely going through the motions of being perfect inside, but inside I was screaming. The person whom I wanted to be more than anything in the world and would spend the rest of my teenage angst-filled years emulating and idolizing was Samantha Mathis's character, Nora Dinero. Her independently free-spirited thinking and artistic view of life combined with her creative fashion sense led me to throw out all my childhood frilly clothes I had been forced by my mother to wear growing up. Hard Harry's catchphrase of talk hard also empowered me to find my own voice within and ultimately led me to cutting off my Rapunzel-length golden locks and to dumping my horrid birth name for the name that that felt way more me, Jay. It also gave me the courage, right or wrong, to say what I did to my mother that very day she discovered, much to her extreme irate horror, that I was no longer her little girl with long hair. And in anger, I retorted, I refused to... Be named after a bitch by a bitch. Well, all right then. Here, here. <laughs> it was truly an, uh, was an unexpected and fantastic surprise and a beautiful gift for your OJ fan. Again, thank you so very much. This blowy from you both. It was everything I'd always fantasized about and way better. I, I'm worried about the fantasizing part because that just I, I'm concerned. Just, just accept it. Just roll the punches. Just, just know that you know it's, it's, it's probably happened. <laughs> but buried amidst all these wonderful moments this year, there was something that wasn't so great and had a profound impact on us all. None more so than the woman herself, Kailata. So let's address it now and get it out of the way so we can get back to having some fun and laughs and celebrating all that you had both accomplished this year. As I told you earlier, Kai has spent the past four months down on the, with the girls on the farm and took to the country life like a duck to water. She even prettied up a pair of Becca's old overalls to make it all glitterly, glittery and sparkly to wear as she arose before each dawn morning to feed the cows and chooks. I think those are chickens. The girls, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still dealing with the glitter. I fucking hate glitter, but go for it. Yeah, well, whatever. The girls also helped her perfect her sexy strut in stilettos and short skirts without revealing her wares beneath. All this was much to the girls' at first stunned yet very sweet neighbor whom quietly offered Kai some of his deceased wife's old dresses to make her feel welcome and more comfy in. The two became instant mates and often shared a few coldies whilst watching the footy or cricket across the socially distanced paddock fence on his portable telly. Although she said she was missing all her new friends back here in Sydney, the quiet, contemplative time away from the pickups and parties was therapeutic for her. It also gave her time to to calm her constant fears and slowly heal her heavy heart she had now sadly carries within. Thanks to what those people she once considered family perpetrated upon her. Add to this some legal issues that have not come into play that she will, she too will need to go to court to fight during the new year that I shouldn't discuss publicly for legal reasons. 
Suffice to say that when her and JoJo finally were set free from their perpetual lockdown, she returned home to find out she no longer had one and is now couch surfing between JoJo's and her gal pal, D's. You know her best as the slutty green giant with the hidden artillery beneath her dress, a name which D adores and thinks is bloody hilarious. <laughs> I'm glad that we can give these people names and they dig it. That's <laughs> I, I'm I'm waiting for like a response to be like, hey, fucking Cuckoo Cachoo did not appreciate his fucking name. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Fuck uh, those Americans and their stupid names. <laughs> yeah. Right, because Americans come up with weird fucking nicknames. The Aussies never do that. No, but I'm saying since we'd be the ones giving the name, you know. Right. Yeah. All right. Um... Being on the farm gave her a chance to gain strength and support in space so as not to have... To live in the intense, now daily, daily fear she lives in with here in Sydney of running into her brothers or their hoon mates. Oh, mm. and guys, here in Oz we say hoons, not goons. The word goon down here is an old slang term for a goon bag or a cheap wine cask bag. Goon can also come in a goon sack, and a lover of the goon is known as a goon monkey. Hoons, on the other hand are hot-headed hoodlums doing burnouts all over, speeding and street racing in hotted-up or stolen cars, and usually have criminal records for it a mile long. Definitely not like those cool guys in the Fast and the Furious, either. Well, those fucking hoons need to get kicked in the goon bags, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Well Thank done. you. Well done. Fast and Furiously. Oh, throwing in the And land. doused with some Vin Diesel and set a flame. And they okay. see if they could Paul Walker it off. <laughs> I, 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 that's ludicrous. Oh! <laughs> you just dropped the rock, like you just like you would drop the mic. Shall we Gal Gadot on to the next part of this? <laughs> <laughs> you finally achieved what I've been doing to you for years. Yes, you fucking made a good joke when I, you. First off, you made a good joke. Fuck Second you. of all, you made a good joke when I had water in my mouth. That's fucking great. There um, we go. Uh, yes, shit. rock on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. See you for those. I'm actually going to look forward to watching these then. There you go. CJ, as I've conveyed to you privately, hearing your incredibly beautiful and heartfelt narration of Kai's story was absolute perfection and had a profound impact on us all, touching us very deeply. So many tears were shed that day, right along with you, but in true Potoskew fashion, many laughs were shared by us also. Our collective floodgates opened the moment you said you'd have gone to jail swinging at motherfuckers that day. I think I said that. That sounds about right. We both both did. Yeah. We had to stop and were all brought to complete tears, including the impenetrable JoJo. And you were 100% correct. There really was no stopping this once the wheels were in motion. Believe me, darling, I tried. The moment you began to converse in Italian, Rico, Kai's eyes beamed and pride and dignity that I hadn't seen in her since before that fateful day came rushing back instantly, especially when you compared them to being lower than Mussolini for rejecting their Italian pride. She also takes great delight in telling people she now has two new brothers who love her falsies makeup and all. I'm not thrilled about the fucking glitter, okay? It's just... It's just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's just the glitter was dandruff. a step too far. The, the the fake tits and the dress were fine. The glitter, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. But the disco dandruff, I'm not fucking fond of. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, 
I nor we could ever thank you both enough for all your compassion, understanding, your profound words of wisdom, welcoming and warmth, and so very much love and support for Kai and for us all before, during, and since. Your messages of acceptance and support were such a powerful healing experience for her that Kai wished to share it with her therapy group. So with your permission, she played it for her new mates, and at the end, you were both were given a standing ovation. Wow, I don't, I don't think I knew that. Did you know she? I didn't know they played it for. I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but I didn't know that that was happening. I, uh, I don't. I think, I think Jay asked me, and I said absolutely. I mean, like, I would go have, for it. I don't think I was asked, but I would have given the same response anyway. I think I spoke so. for you. I think I said CJ would absolutely be okay I, with it, and I am for the record. And I think, I, am, I think so. what I said was like, we need more listeners, so fuck it, go <laughs> yeah. for it. Right. That's um, a, I'm yeah. just more marveled at like, did they listen to the whole fucking episode? Did like a whole therapy, like imagine like a therapy session in a fucking ring with chairs and everybody, and, and all we're just right hands. in the middle on a speaker, just yeah, <laughs> and it just goes on for like three hours. And they're just like, this, we need more therapy after this. So play the next episode. <laughs> That's why the therapist wanted to do it. She previewed it and was like, oh, this brings me some more money, like. Uh, that's true and and what we don't know is jojo was a therapist that's how she gets all the money there you go there you go uh even (laughs) (laughs) jojo's method of therapy is is to just sit and have jack daniels and play pot and then fucking she gets paid yeah but jay is the one who runs the whole thing there you go it's it's a it's a uh an underground ring of of uh therapy Mm -hmm. yeah the it's like the underground railroad, but like Bad. good and actually like, you know, successful. Actually, the underground success railroad was much more successful than, than we were going to be. No, no, I'm saying that the, I'm, I'm saying the railroad, the underground railroad was successful. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Um, it was also a very fantastic way for Kai to share her story without having to retell all those heartbreaking details herself to the crowd. The group were then able to come together in solidarity and relate their own tales of rejection by their own friends and loved ones. Many tears and healing hugs were shared by them all that day, and it's entirely thanks to you both and Potaskew. I don't think it's entirely thanks to us, but I, I think I think we I think we opened the doors. I think you guys you I'm guys glad we did. were able to to help and you know yeah I agree. I'm, we're more than happy to help but you guys you guys should pat yourself on the back we oh, 100%. all we all we did was try and chuckle and fucking you know spread a message you know and, and even through that rico not to not to pat ourselves on the back i think we handled that with the right kind of um uh forte yeah we handled that well like we 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 knew where to throw the jokes in without destroying the the message that needed to be told. I think agreed. Yeah, yeah. we we believe it or not, we know when to be serious from time yeah. to time. <laughs> when it's dead kittens and fucking bigotry, we you know we throw our jokes in very very sparingly. Yeah. Um. Thank you so very much to every single person who reached out to me after the episode went to air. Please forgive me if I didn't get back to you at the time, but as you can well imagine, her story going public was an extremely overwhelming experience for us all. So much so that at one stage, Kai even became terrified that her brothers or family would hear about it and seek vengeance upon her all over again. Oh, bring it, you cocksuckers. Go on. (laughs) Fucking come at me, bro. Yeah, right? Bring it on. We'll fuck them up. We tried to reassure her if that was the case, she would have a world of allies who had her back. 
She found it difficult feeling safe to even leave her house for fear of running into any of them. Another reason it was great for her to get out of town for a bit. It gave her a chance to calm her fears on that front, albeit a little. A massive thank you also to Potaskew's queen and my beloved soul sis, Stephanie. Not only has she been a tower of wisdom and strength for me in the days and weeks after, she has been an amazing ally and supporter to Kai throughout. Nobody on the planet could ask for a better fam and friend, and I'm truly blessed to have her in my life every day and in our corner. I would I say concur. you're probably right there with Jay on that one. No, I, 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 I get to fuck stuff, so I get I get to... You get a little more out of it? I, I well, much more. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and there's all that love and shit between us, too. I mean, yeah. There's know, that, that, that love and stuff, too, yeah. Yeah, whatever. If I can jerk <laughs> off. Uh, also, and thanks also to fellow Potaskew fan, friend, and fellow DJ Xanthus devotee, Kateri, for her love and support of Kai, and to our beloved Smokey, who, in true Smokey fashion, sent to me but one message. I want their address. <laughs> I can see Smoke doing that. That doesn't stun me at all. I, uh, 100%. I can understand. I 100% can see Smoke doing that, and then I can also see him forgetting what the address was for. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then be like, oh, wait a minute. Like, fuck uh, those guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that guy. Okay. Yep. Um, another positive that came to pass since that episode dropped is several of Kai's extended family, and even shockingly, a few of whom, as you perfectly described it, Rico, stood by and allowed a hate crime to occur, have since reached out to her upon returning from the farm to offer their support. A little too bloody late in my book, but nevertheless, as well as... Uh, other extended family who had heard what transpired and how she was treated, informing her that many have shamed and ostracized her parents and family for their deplorable behavior that day. Fuck and right. Look, little late, but better late than never. Correct. I agree. I agree. Now there's Especially a, there, when it's doing the right fucking thing. Exactly. Exactly. Now, there is a bit of a PS to this, because I read this part a little bit earlier, too. Which, not surprisingly, they've also blamed Kai for. Not comprehending it was their behavior towards her and not her lifestyle towards that they were most disgusted with, creating an even more animosity towards her from them, by all accounts. So the parents and the immediate family are even more fuck Kai over this, and the, over the being ostracized because of their behavior. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not surprised, but fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Look, we 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 said this pretty much like there is a time and a place, and I know Kai kind of wanted to kick the door down, so to speak. Yeah, there there could have been a little bit. You know, it, I'm not saying you were wrong, but doing it on a birthday for a patriarch of an Italian family who clearly has got bigotry running through his veins, not the smartest decision. You, but but it is what it is, right? I, and, I, I, you know, listen, you I, roll with the punches. I, no, from, ah, I didn't mean it like that. That's not from, what I meant. Yeah. Mm. I, 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 I take back that statement. No, yeah, you, you certainly didn't mean it that way. I know that. And I think anyone that knows us at this point knows that, too, for what that's worth. But right. I, I, will it, say, it, yeah. I will say this. From what I remember about the letter that we read when that, with that incident detailing all of the stuff from it, um, Kai really had – it was one of those now or nevers because 
I don't know that she would have worked up the courage to do it again. And yes, I agree with you. The timing might not have been great, but it, it was one of those, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it kind of things. And you know what I mean? Like, so not, de- and so I'm not necessarily, I don't think it's defending anybody really as much as just a, a, a possibility of, yeah, an observation. Um, at least that's my, that's my interpretation. I don't know Kai from a hole in the ground. I'm, I'm going based on these reports we get from Jay and, and the conversations we have with her, but right. yeah. That that's my guess on it. Either way, the fact that some of the more of the family and even some of the people who were there have kind of been like, fuck you. I think that's a very positive thing. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. There is someone else whom we owe a massive thank you and a huge debt of gratitude to. And that's our beloved DJ Xanthus. I can't get Jay to put me and the DJ back to get like she's still <laughs> She, she's the only person who doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. <laughs> right. In the aftermath of our ordeal, he orchestrated a perfectly timed surprise concert to celebrate both our Kailata for, and for all our LGBTQI and famine mates around the world. What, what Jay leaves out of this is this was also for her and JoJo. What, mm-hmm. what I'm about to read you. This was not just for Kai. And it was, it was for Kai too. And, and, and all that, but it was also for Jay and Jojo and the way they acted the day of the, the incident. Um, she had no cl- clue what he had in store for her. All she knew is that we were gathering for our regular DJ Xanthus Saturday concert series party, and we were having a few extra guests from her group attending also. So dressed up in her finest frock, as did many of our guests that day, and with cocktails in hand, the show began. Her eyes immediately lit up as her favorite band, Akadaka, ACDC for the rest of the world, began pounding through the speakers we'd set up on the patio for that day. Tears sprang immediately into her eyes the very moment she heard what our superhero had in store for her, a concert with her two favorite absolute, absolute favorite bands, ACDC and In Excess, in her honor. Again, yes, in her honor, but also the ACDC was actually more for Jay and JoJo. Not to take away from Kai, the In Excess was for Kai, because I was sure. told that was her favorite band, period. So, um, the roof lifted off the joint when DJ Xanthus and his always brilliant intro shouted, What's up, Sydney? And an extremely loud, Yeah, woohoo, went up and the party was in full swing. At one point, we had an ironical number of, wait for it, 37 guests, all enjoying burgers and snags on the barbie, coldies and cocktails, and the always talented and brilliant DJ Xanthus supplying awesome tunage of everyone's two favorite Oz bands of all time. Is that how you fuckers social distance? I, I don't know what I'm going to tell you. Unless they're counting the cats. I, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you fucking speaking Klingon? Yes. Or Ozzy. Um, yes. Continue. Okay. Would you both kindly please pass on to our magical musical maestro, DJ Xanthus, our sincerest and de- deepest love for gratitude for such a beautiful gift that he gave to Kai, her, to Kai, her dignity back that those hate-filled bastards stole from her that day. She smiled and beamed and with complete and utter pride, and it's entirely thanks to you, darling. So, uh, can you reach out to Xanthus for me and tell him thank you? Oh, I don't, I don't talk to that dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll pass along a message. Hey, Xanthus, thanks. <laughs> Welcome. Uh... Here, Xanthus, 
thanks from Kai. So I got to be the fucking middleman for a fucking alter ego? Like, no, come on, man. Like, just. <laughs> we have been treated all year to many DJs and this concerts weekly. And it's been a constant source of parties, awesome tunage, so much fun, and extremely bad singing and dancing from us all. It was also a source of comfort and absolute joy when I was trapped in perpetual lockdown all those months alone. Both the Alpha Bits and Pieces and Saturday shows each week are a massive source of anticipation and excitement as the girls and I count down the days and hours to them. All whilst tr- attempting to speculate what musical gems, spoilies, surprises, sensual sounds, and styles from an eclectic mix of genres will all be treated to each and every show. One such concert recently was the 25th anniversary celebration of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was a phenomenal evening of entertainment showcasing some of the biggest artists of all time. Now that the quarantine rules were beginning to lift, it was a perfect opportunity once more to gather some old mates together after so long... Down some, down some coldies, throw the, those songs and burgers, or snags and burgers on the Barbie, and listen to some phenomenal music. All while shooting the shit about albums and artists that had inspired each person's passion for music, solo performers and bands, favorite concerts they attended, and artists they were dreaming would one day make the long program, pilgrimage down south, and whose creativity had shaped and molded their lives and loves through legends of the industry. It was an incredibly fun day that never would have occurred if not for DJ Xanthus, and was capped off with a good old-fashioned game of backyard cricket, if you just happen to know the rules, it's six and out regulations. Cricket? You gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. <laughs> I'll teach you. <laughs> Which means if you hit the ball over the fence or worse still, break a window, then your side would acquire the six runs that a typical boundary will give you in a standard game. But you'll also be out. After all, someone has to go to face the music to the neighbors about the broken window and retrieve the ball. Yeah, you're out, and then you're in jail. <laughs> <laughs> One would think that this, all this weekly entertainment provided by our extremely talented Potosky superheroes would be sufficient, but then arrives the artist formerly known as Rico's Reads, now cutely titled Dog-Eared, to regale us of tales from Hogwarts weekly with Hazapots, his mates, and their wacky adventures. We were all riveted in absolute hysterics with Rico's profanity-laden editing and that always hilarious edition of his trademark motherfuckers every once and again. But it's being afforded the opportunity to witness his incredibly talented range of character vocals that leaves his audience in both awe and complete stitches every single week. Four voices is considered a range? Go fuck yourself. You can't even do one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have that ready for. <laughs> Apparently, I fucking just shot acid at you. Fuck, I'm sorry. You got it right. coming. Sorry, that's all right. I wasn't serious, so I know you weren't that angry. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I wasn't serious, but anyway. Um, as I previously mentioned in my last letter, thanks to childhood traumas inflicted on me by my mother, having someone read to me normally gets on my grain after a while. But I could honestly sit and listen to Rico read a phone book in his character's voices and still become enthralled and enchanted with every name he reads. Especially as Alan Rickman and those soothing tones of Dumbledore. A lot of the times I'm stunned when I look up and realize it's been two hours. I could listen to another ten more. I don't think Rico could read 10 more, but... No, no, no. Two hours is really kind of pushing it. Yeah. 
There are some times where I'm like, I'll, I'll go through the pages. I'm like, oh, shit, I got like 10 more pages to finish this chapter. But I look at the clock and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stop it pretty soon because I don't want to <laughs> rush through this. And so, all right. Sorry, guys. I just have to end it. All right, guys. My sincerest thank yous to you both for sharing your incredible talents, art, wisdom, and creativity with us through so many creative avenues. My days and weeks are never boring thanks to your never-ending stream of content, hard work, and dedication to us, your loyal and completely devoted fans, whom you both inspire to create, find, and express our own inner talents and use their inner voices to talk hard. If the character of Hard Harry were real, I think he would... He, too, would be a huge fan of you both. With CJ's talent for tunage and, of course, Rico for his rants, I know that I'm in, I am extremely proud of you both for all the art you both give to us in the world. Now, if you could kindly hand this on over to your hetero life mate, I'd be very obliged. Thank you, sir. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. All right, you could finally take a break. Yeah, I know. That's why I was waiting for you to say shit. I could breathe. All right, part three. Here's some A's for your cues. Oh, we get from, A's to our cues. From us to use. We had we had a bunch of cues, if I recall, from previously. Oh, and they uh, they come answering. In my last report to you all, I apparently left you with more questions than answers. My you always leave sirs. us with more questions than answers. <laughs> yes, very true. Uh, my apologies, sirs. And so with that in mind, let's set about giving you both some A's to those cues you had. Now, I understand that it's been a while, and I'm certain you both couldn't recall some of those queries by now. So I'll attempt to remind you of them as we deep dive into the insanity that is my life down here in Oz. Firstly, CJ... That literary name you both coined for me a while back was J.K.K. Sydney, as in J. County Correspondent. And that I sounds should, right. Yeah. Yeah. And should I ever write that novel, I'm deaf dropping one of the K's and going with J.K. Sydney. And speaking of writers, we all adored hearing our country retold in the voice of Rickman. As you all well know, you doing Rickman really does create some uh, deluges down south for me, Rico. I am aware of it. I'm I'm okay with it. We gotta <laughs> get we gotta get this woman laid, man. Like seriously, it's it's in the letter. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, speaking of those southern flooding conditions, even to this day, your appearances on on Get Vocal may well be foreplay for me. But can I just say that you're both highly arousing and outstanding in that capacity, sirs. I encourage others to try it out sometime for themselves. But sadly for me, you are both 100% correct. I really do need a root and badly. Please, if you do, other people don't tell us about it. <laughs> I don't want to know. You don't want to know if she fucks somebody? No, I'm talking if other people attempt her thing about using us as foreplay for... Oh, oh. Yeah, I don't need to know if that happens like really yeah that's when that's when you confuse foreplay with foul play <laughs> i have in fact seen the emoji movie twice 
Did we ask her that? Uh, I think so, based on... Um, the shit emoji or something? No, just based on the amount of emojis she uses. Oh, period. that's right, yeah. Once back in 2017 when it was released, and again about a year or so ago, now that I've discovered my hieroglyphics have been since joining Twitter and of late Discord. It's cute and all, but in my humble opinion, the plot is pretty weak sauce, and they could have done so much more with the initial concept. So don't fear, gents. I shan't be requiring a commentary on it. Thanks anyway. <laughs> Good. You weren't going to get one. <laughs> uh, just my long-awaited and much-anticipated dogma commentary is my only wish after you both fulfill my deep-dive dream of pump up the volume. Way to lay the fucking guilt trip, Jay. Jesus. Oh, Enrico. We didn't just have a bar across the street from my high school back in the day. We had a bar, pool hall, and a drive through bottle or grog shop, as it's also known in these parts, and a strip club. <laughs> and it was all situated in the massive car park of Amacas. As you well as you would well know, and we recently discussed privately, our commonly used name for McDonald's here in Oz. I'm trying to what what did she call ACDC? Uh Akadaka. Akadaka. Is what so if what if they go to Macca's and they hear Akadaka playing on the fucking loudspeakers? Or oh, I'm sorry, the loudspeakers. They're they're listening to Akadaka at Macca's. Yeah, it, it's you guys. You guys have a very interesting way of talking. Uh, uh, all of this situated right next door to a monastery. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. Uh, believe me, guys, if there were no schools built beside or near pubs like in your neck of the woods, Rico, I'm fairly certain there'd be no schools at all. As there's a pub, club, or watering hole on every bloody corner in these parts, and the drinking age here is 18 as opposed to your 21 up north. Mm. That explains a lot. We've asked around for years, and it obviously was, no one... It was 18 in America for years. I think it changed in 74. Four, I want to say. Well, cigarettes were 18 for a long time. Now it's 21 in California. And it is in New Jersey as well. Yeah. yeah. But no, but drinking for a long time. That's why they can drink in um, Days and Confused. Because some of the seniors right. are 18. You remember even the, the store clerk says, you're 18, right? Like he asks them, you're 18. Right. And that's 76. So I probably, right. yeah. So I probably get my year wrong. But it was it was late 70s when that changed here. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, we've asked around for years, and honestly, no one has a clue as to where our local phrase cheers and chukas originated. We ourselves first heard the phrase chukas back in the 90s in a brilliant Aussie film titled Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I know of this film. Is it brilliant, like she says? I have. I said I know of it. I have not seen it. Oh, okay. Well, sometimes when you say you know of it, it also means you've seen it. So I, I wasn't sure. Uh, it's about three performing drag queens who trek across the outback, and to quote a line from it, they're all cocks in frocks on rocks. So it's the down under version of Tu Wong Fu. Yes, it's it's extremely down under. Yeah, okay. you look you look you look down under the dress. It's definitely one of our classic Aussie films, and I would highly recommend you both include should you ever decide to do an Oz film deep dive someday. Although I do love the idea of it originating out the back of Burke in a barn somewhere between a drunk dude and his chicken. We, what we the need hell did I just a, say? I, I don't know about half of what we say. We will need these things. Um, I do know we need something for episode 200. Mm. 
Uh, oh, and CJ, I have a cue back for you, sir. Mm. I'd be kind of interested to hear what kind, what kinky sex shit you think I'm into exactly. Oh, Jay. Yeah. Yes, Jay. I'm not um, not me, motherfucker. I don't want. No, I know. I, that. I I wasn't sure if it was her or JoJo because I think there's a different answer for for both. This is for Jay. I I don't know that I have anything specific in mind, but I get the feeling she's just one of those clot like. The stuff that she's written to us about, if she had a guy, she'd be totally, in, that, that she says she shies away from, like when she catches JoJo doing it, usually, mm-hmm. she'd be all into it if there was a, if she had a regular, not just, I, that's the difference. JoJo will fuck anything with a dick, you know, whereas I think, I think Jay would do all that crazy shit, but she would need to be with one person. Like, it would have to be the two of them exploring yeah. different things, you know, so that's. Monogamous that's, kink. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I grant you both. I played with, tried, and had penetrated and perpetrated upon me many gags and kiki toys of varying kinds of, over the years, along with handcuffs, some whips, and ropes. But I in no way see any of that as weird kiki sex shit. Um, Merely some titillation and laughs in the bedroom. And we all but, highly recommend you trialing some of them f- out for yourself sometime. Just because I've, I've, I've been exposed to that world of of extreme sex now through some other channels that i'm involved in not not me directly but um well i i can say it it's the 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 radio station uh caters to the kink world and i've learned so all that stuff actually does qualify as kink it's just the the different degrees and and severities of it but all that stuff she just mentioned technically counts as kink yeah you know what pegging is? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. No, I I just asking because I had to learn that out. Like, and I'm glad. I'm glad. It, I mean, it, Deadpool I just taught know. us what that was. Huh? Deadpool taught us what that was. This was pre-Deadpool. Uh well, okay, fair enough. Uh, and please, guys, for the love of Alanis and Buddy, <laughs> do not start a GoFundMe. Nor encourage JoJo to start an OnlyFans to acquire me a root. Thanks anyway, gents. She too, as did all your Potescu degenerates down south, both applaud and share in you utter in your utter frustrations at my constant butts. CJ, as you can imagine, JoJo totally agrees with your just fucking do it stance. It's not just you whom has kindly offered to pay for a root for me since my uh uh, drought began. Jojo, Cassie, Becca, Jody, and several guy mates of mine have all offered, to which I respectfully declined. Wait, wait. I was on board with that sentence until guy mates. Listen, guys, take one for the fucking team and let's go. Let's. She declined. She declined them gathering money to pay for one. I'm saying one of these guys just take one for the team. Maybe they're gay. Take one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> will some all for <laughs> will some all for those whom wish to pay someone to get the job done right? That's not the drought breaker I'm seeking in my life at present. Thanks all the same. Speaking of paying to get screwed, you wish to know what the eventual bar tab total was that night. Yeah, we did curious. We were curious about that. You ready for this? You want to take a guess before I tell you? Well, see, based on let's see, I bought so a a normally thirty dollar 
bottle of Crown Royal here is $100 down there. And it's usually blown way out of proportion when you're at a bar, just because you and I both know that from our own experiences. Correct. I'm going $500. Oh, you're way off. Am I over or am I under? Way under. Way under? Yeah. Oh, shit. A thousand? It's, it's, it's almost 3,700. Like, I don't even think she realized that it was so close to 3,700. It's $3,693.30. That's, that's Australian dollars, right? I would assume so. I would assume so. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to, we're going to do this. What, what's the dollar amount? 3,693.30. 30 cents. 30 Australian US dollars. Here we go. That's still $2,600 American. That's fucking fucked. Uh, just buy like four packs of cigarettes. It comes up to the same thing in Australia. J- <sighs> yeah. You imagine spending a $3,700 fucking bar tab? $2,600 bar tab. That's. I think the biggest bar tab I've ever seen was like six fifty, and it was. Ten of us? Were you drinking so, beer or shots? It was a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. It was thirty six ninety three and thirty cents, and our Jesus new mates were not amused in the least. So JoJo, in a shocking move of kindness, kicked in a thousand dollars towards it, seeing as she was undoubtedly the evening's biggest consumer of all those way overpriced cocktails and shots on offer. Okay. All right. New cue for our Q&A. For Q&A section two, I know what I'm told JJ does, or JJ, JoJo does for a living. I don't buy it. I was told she's an administrative assistant. For those of you not familiar, that's basically a secretary. She administers and assists putting cocks in her mouth and money in her wallet. There's something. There's something. I'm t- maybe she's the, you know what? Here's what, here's what I think. She's the uh, PM of Oz that jo- that Jay is really pissed off about. I I just this is what the fuck Australia. Like, I'm telling you, fucking Joe Joker is the goddamn Joker. She just robs banks. No, but Jay just recently. I, I will share this with the audience. Jay and I, I were having a, a private conversation, but I'm not saying anything that's private that she wouldn't want out there. Where we were discussing what it would cost for me to go down there. And I looked it up and it's only like from here. It was like 1200 bucks, which is not cheap, but it's not terrible. That's round trip. That's round trip. Yeah. Okay. It's not cheap, but it's not terrible. Right. Right. So the problem is it would cost me three times that just to be there. Yeah. This is what, what? Like, I, I don't even know if I'd be able to like bring cigarettes with me. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be able. You could if you put them in your in your in check baggage. Yeah, I bet it would be. All yeah, right. because like as soon as I run out, like I I would go broke just trying to get one fucking pack of smokes there. You'd go broke trying to get one fucking cigarette. It's like forty dollars a pack. It's like four. I'm surprised it's not forty dollars a cigarette with these numbers. Well, New Zealand just passed a law. They're going to stop fucking selling I saw cigarettes. That. Yeah, which I saw I'm that. I'm actually kind of like fine with. Like good. Stop! Stop kids from smoking. Yeah, 
Stop people from smoking. Smoking's awful. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, that just. You know what? I'm just imagining, like, and if this is not a thing, Joe Joker needs to fucking do this. She needs to get a purse that is shaped like one of those old-fashioned dollar sign bags in the cartoons and everything. She clearly is robbing banks. <laughs> All right. Um, knowing the Joe Joker as well as I do, this uncharacteristic good deed seemed very suspicious to me. But when I questioned her the next morning, it became clearer and made more, made way more diabolical sense. She didn't know she did it. <laughs> <clears throat> no, she did. And I have to do it as the Joker. Sure. I just put it on the company's credit card after all my boss did give me the tickets, thereby making it a work function. So why shouldn't they pick up some of the tab? <laughs> See? Someone's getting fired. <laughs> and guys, please don't ever feel bad for giving JoJo shit. She loves it all, and we too have given her so much shit over the years. But she'll tell you herself, most of it was entirely accurate. She really does constantly burst through my front door, immediately raiding my fridge and cupboards for booze, snacks, I, and supplies. I, I, We only felt bad because of the amount of good she did to, to help Kai. That's the reason why we kind of felt bad that last yes. time. Yeah, we felt bad that she finally like, showed she had a heart. It was like, uh, I feel bad that you turned a leaf. I'd, I'd still like to think we're we're partly responsible for that. We're, we made the Grinch's heart uh, three sizes that day. And I'd her... say two. I don't think she's gone full full reverse Grinch, but I'll go. I'll go two. Uh, okay. She's. Th- yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll uh, give you that. Because no, but seriously, because of the time we gave her the shit over the the BDSM that's, club, uh, like I, I that's I, true. I genuinely feel like that we we helped her turn a corner slightly. I think, yeah. Um, not unlike the character Kramer from Seinfeld and a comparative <laughs> we've all made about her true. over the years. Uh, she truly does have zero filters outside the ciggy she smokes, and she's 100% a leech, but the term we use down south to describe her is, as is, she's a scab. Okay. Well, you always have to pick on the scab a little bit too much, don't you? <laughs> it too surprises us often she has an actual home. A really nice apartment, which we ironically dubbed her Sex Lair, many years prior to her being forever branded by you both as our Joe Joker. Well, that's because all now, she does is go there to root, and then she goes to Joe, Jay's house to sleep and steal food. Yeah, that's how she saves money. Yeah. That's that's why she's able to fucking pay $1,000 on a bar tab, even though it really wasn't her money. <laughs> Not that you would know it, as she spends most of her time crashing at my joint, or whomever she's picked up and gone home with to root that night. We all adored your Joe Joker vocals for her in my last letter, and that she, that she gall laugh you do is spot on and bloody hilarious. I don't remember that. I I did a I, I imagine that her her laugh was like like a like the the Jared Leto. Sounded like a seagull, so I was yeah. like, it's the fucking Sheagle. Yeah, I remember now. I do. But to be fair, she does on occasion bring with her takeaway Chinese or pizza if I say I'm not up to cooking anything that night and thinks nothing of paying the entire and usually exorbitant bills without us even seeing her do it whenever we eat out at a fancy restaurant. 
See, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's why I do think there is like, you know what I mean? Oh, I I think I think Joe Joker is actually like a good person. Otherwise, Jay would not deal with her bullshit. That's probably true. Yeah. 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 Let's be real. Uh, they also agreed and were very impressed at your assessment of me and my disastrous night at the club. They believe, as you do, that I may have unintentionally, mind you, cockblocked myself with you both, perhaps. Oh wait, but you from, totally fucking did. Yeah, you, yeah, you, uh, you, you blocked and skewed yourself. But from here on out, I shall endeavor to live by my new slogan you cleverly created. If they're straight, root them. If they're gay, recruit them. I absolutely love it, Sarah's bloody brilliant. <laughs> I forgot we said that. Occasionally we're funny. Suffice to say, for now at least, I'll be remaining to, and to quote Hard Harry, as horny as a ten-peckered owl for the foreseeable future. Tonight, I think. Or, or until my white knight in shining armor arrives on my doorstep and sweeps me off my feet, rescuing me from this long and lonely dr- uh, drought I'm currently experiencing. But believe me, gents, if and when he does eventually arrive, I'm nailing his R's three ways from Sunday. May God have mercy on him because I sure as shit won't if you believe in that sort of thing. I don't, but I do believe he will at that, after that. <laughs> He'll be saying, God, Jesus Christ, all fucking night. Where? Yeah. Where? Inside me, fine Jesus. Oh, bloody Christ. Well, all right. Only during certain you, times of the month. Yes, and I don't think it should stop you, Jay. <laughs> fucking yeah don't yeah when you're both bleeding is just fun <laughs> <laughs> you're you all right i think i broke cj <laughs> i need you to i need you i need you to go here for this because this is for you oh, shit, give me a second. Oh, sometimes okay. that's how it starts that's how Ooh. it starts Oh, okay. I didn't know that was going to break you, buddy. I don't know. I didn't either, but that was fun. Uh. Okay. You're also very correct, CJ. It really is badass riding the ferry under our harbor bridge, and I cannot wait to zip you all under it and around our harbor to places like Bondi Beach. Bondage Beach? I'm calling it Bondi Beach now. No, no, no. It's, it's actually a real place called Bondi Beach that I, I really want to go to. It looks I've seen it. It looks pretty badass. Right, but based on all these other fucking names, I'm calling it Bondage Beach. Okay, fair enough. Watson's Bay, Darling Harbor, and it's adjacent Cockle Bay Wharf. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing could come from that. <laughs> nothing could come from the cockle. <laughs> Not to mention over to my beloved fave place of all... Manly Beach. And relax, Rico. There may well be sharks in the harbor, but not once has ever has one ever jumped aboard a ferry, so you're perfectly safe, Darl. Yes, that makes me fucking happy as shit when you got spiders in your laptop. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. <sighs> you didn't think spiders were gonna be in a fucking laptop either. Now look. It ain't worth twelve hundred bucks, CJ. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. The flight. Yeah. And that was economy too. That wasn't like first class. <laughs> That will ruin the economy. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't lean too far over the side of the ferry once we hit Sydney Heads. Oh, sure. Yeah. You, you, you'd be lucky if you get me in a fucking boat. Listen, it's I've open seen ocean. It, what? I've seen this motherfucker on a ferry. He doesn't do well. So don't worry about that. I just, I'm, I sit in the middle. I don't he, go to the edges. He, he, I'm, he, I'm, you know. He doesn't do well on boats. 
I don't. It's not that I don't do well on boats. I just don't do well in the middle of the fucking big giant thing of water. Right. I don't get. I don't get. I don't get seasick. I just get. So, so you're you're fine with all those boats that do well on the one on one highway, but not the ones in the middle of the. Bay. No. <laughs> yes, I I'm my my best experience of being on a boat is when it's fucking being uh, trailered by a fucking jeep Ugh. or some shit. No, it's just I don't get I I don't get seasick. I just get paranoid. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not an illness thing. It's a it's a fear. It's a fear thing. Yeah. yeah it's I I'm I'm phobic of 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 the water which is fucked because i'm a really good swimmer um (laughs) because i'm trying to get the fuck out of it that's why i'm a good (laughs) swimmer uh okay uh it's open ocean and can yeah you you already lost me it's it's open ocean which means it's closed for rico and can get super choppy on windy and large swell days the waves crash right onto the ferry and it can sway a lot i just hope that none of you get too seasick if it occurs Jay, you do not help yourself. You don't you're sell like, oh, this very well. Not oh, my all. God. You're like, yes, yeah, Sydney's fucking beautiful. But look, you know, the sharks. But, you know, it's in the open ocean. And there's spiders in the laptop. And the fucking koalas have chlamydia. And, and Joe and, Joker fucking robs banks. And, 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 and the rats draw snakes. And and, yeah. the, and the rats draw snakes when they're not eating your fucking toenails. Like, <laughs> Jay, lie to us. Stop telling the truth about Australia. Do not get a job at the tourism board. Do not. Do not. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, and speaking of PSAs, there there was a great one about the perils of glitter whilst visiting strip clubs if you happen to be cheating. We were in hysterics with the quote you both referenced. It's it's coarse. It gets everywhere. And take it from Kai. She can attest to this. Learn the hard way. (laughs) Oh, my God. Kai puts the Kai in Sky in Skywalker. The uh, Kaiwalker. There you go. It's course and it gets everywhere. Boo. Um after Ugh. hearing you both after hearing you both read my last report, I began to think back over my life. And perhaps you may well have been correct on that front also. It's very ironical. Ironical? Roll with it. It's very ironical to me. You both think that perhaps I miss my calling as a teen sexual health counselor or sex therapist of some kind. But at no. that time in my life, after being everyone's go-to gal and finding never-ending sex ed questions for five years straight, eventually it turned me off the entire vocation altogether. Mm. However, I did inevitably apply in my final year of high school to a technical college known here as a teeth to study youth work and was accepted. There you go. I I read as TAFE. I'm probably going to get a response, but like it's pronounced Tafe. No, it's not. We call them Laffy Taffies. No, you don't. You're making <laughs> shit up because I just made it up. Actually, Laffy Taffy is a real thing. I think it's a real fucking candy. But like the Aussies be like, oh yeah, you know, you know, a teaching assistant who makes you laugh. We call them Laffy Taffies. No, you don't. I made it up. Maybe Australia is just a thing in our fucking imagination. That's so we why made it's up, we, we made up the whole country? Yes. Okay. Because it's full of our biggest fears. People there talk like fucking Oompa Loompas. 
Oompa Loompas. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, that was also the time when, if you'll recall, Jody needed to escape her home life, and so she wasn't alone to fend for herself out in the world. I, too, left home and was then left with no alternative than to get a job to cover our rent as her education as her education at such a young age was far more imperative. All right, we got to be serious now. No joking, CJ. Don't you fucking laugh. Don't you fucking joke. <laughs> Years later, when she finally graduated high school, uh, then to Terry, uh, then to Terry education and was now also working herself. It was my turn to gain my degree. I applied and was accepted to study counseling and community services. But just three weeks into my my degree, my grandmother was hit by a car and suffered severe injuries. Jesus Ouch. Christ. Where? The worst was the shattering of both her hands, requiring full-time care for the next two years as she recovered. My mom needed to maintain her bar job to keep a roof over their heads, and the thought of placing this very much vibrant and still very active woman in full-time care or a facility was never an option to me. Why, did, wo- why didn't she just find Karmatage? She would have fixed her hands nicely. What? Karmatage. It worked for Dr. Strange. Why wouldn't it work for her grandmother? <laughs> because Australia is strange enough as it is. fucking... <laughs> They don't need a fucking wizard there. They don't need a wizard in Oz. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, she had always been there for me growing up, so I just couldn't not be there for her now when she needed me the most. This required me to be up by four a.m. each morning, or as Rico says it, going to bed. Yeah. Travel an hour to her place to be there before my mom would leave for her work at six a.m get her up, showered, dressed, and fed for her daily trips to physio, physio specialist, and wherever else she needed to go that day. Then prepare her lunch, all wheels cleaning, vacuuming, and other household chores. As my mother claimed, she had no time to do it when she got home from her long day standing behind the bar when, uh, this is a quote, all we, all we both were doing was sitting around doing nothing all day anyway, end quote. Mm. I assume that's the mother saying it. I would always make sure whatever task she laid out for me to do that day was completed by the time I would leave her place at 6 p.m. Then spend another hour traveling. Yeah, you're right. Your mom is a bitch. Jesus Christ. Then spend another hour traveling by train and walking through back streets at night alone to get back home again. But I wasn't doing all that for my mother. I was doing it for my grandmother's sake. She despised feeling like a burden on anyone and using my hands to contribute where she wasn't able to at that stage calmed her fears and made her happy. I hope it just stayed there, Jay. Uh, but not long after my grandmother's accident, Jody became ill whilst at work also. And she too now required full-time care. As much as I both needed and wanted it to be, I couldn't possibly be in two places at once. So I would rise at 4 a.m., make brekkie and lunchtime sangas and fruit salads for Jody, get her up and showered, setting her up for the long day ahead with things to entertain her and keep her mind active. Then head to my parents', all wills continually phoning in and checking on Jody's welfare. Then race home just as soon as I could, could to wash clothes, cook and clean up my own place. This back and forth circus went on for two and a half years. 
and just about killed me. All whilst working part part time on my Mother's Day's off work, just so we could scrape by and pay the rent each week. Eventually, all this toying and froying took its toll on me, and towards the end, I too ended up in the hospital, suffering exhaustion and something else they just couldn't quite put their finger on at that stage. And just when she was beginning to gain her independence back, my grandmother was then told she needed an urgent hip replacement, most probably due to the accident, and needed full-time care for another six months while she recovered. So, my academia dreams became shelved once more. Then again, not too long after, when she was diagnosed with what should have been a terminal brain embolism in the right front side frontal lobe, uh, but she was a fighter and survived, although still required my full-time care for the next 18 months, even when she was hit by a car again. What the fuck? She survived eight days before finally succumbing to her horrific injuries with me holding her hand by her side that entire time. Well, I'm, I'm sorry about that. That sucks. But, like, either Grandma's really bad at crossing the street or the drivers in Oz are fucking terrible. That's what you get when you lower the drinking age to 18. Right, I guess so. I, look, in all seriousness, Jay, we're, we're sorry. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But fuck that guy. No, don't actually fuck that guy. You don't need to root that desperate. No, no, fuck at this point, she does. Mother's fuck that fucking... guy. No, fuck that guy. Yeah, at this point, yeah. Fuck him to death. Fuck him until he's there, winning. Yeah, there you go. God, did we just condone rape for like a second? We kind of like... Reverse rape, I think it was. Reverse rape is just not rape. <laughs> okay, it's move like... on. Let's just move on. No, no, no. When someone someone's like, "Oh, yeah, that's like reverse re- reverse racism." I'm like, reverse racism means no racism. It's not reverse racism when it's black against white. That's just racism. That's reverse true. racism is not being racist. That's true. Um, that's true. All right. Many think that I perhaps threw my life away by not obtaining my uh, I, tertiary. I, I think I'm mis- mispronouncing this, but tertiary degree. Spell it. T e r t i a r y. No, it's tertiary. tertiary. Yeah, that's tertiary. you had it right. right. Yeah, tertiary that's degree or pursuing a better career than customer service throughout the years. Ter- tertiary is it means it's something you need like before something else. So I guess that's how they refer to like your bachelor's degree in Oz. Mm-hmm. That would make because you can't get like your master's degree until you get your you know same thing. Right. So. Uh, and it's true, I probably would be making way more money than I do now. Just do what JoJo does. But the inner satisfaction and joy I found being a carer and being there for my granny when she needed me the most felt right within my heart for me more so than any career aspirations I may have ever had. Okay. I adore my customers, and I wouldn't have done things any differently looking back now. I must admit, though, at times I do question what might have been, but shit, don't we all? Sure. Now, to conclude this A-hole section. This A-hole section, Jay? Really? This A-hole? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it might be a good idea to give you some slangception translations. Slangception. Let's go for it. Uh, for if and when you make the pilgrimage to our shores. So here it goes. All right. I need you to pay attention because we're learning a language. <clears throat> Firstly, the train station you alight from to get to the ferries on Sydney Harbor and the place you see in all the photos of the Opera House and Bridge is pronounced Circular Key. 
as opposed to how it's actually spelled Quay. Q U A Y. Okay. Kind of like how we technically spell the word jail as G as Gale. G G A O L L. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that before. That is, that's a far. I've seen that. I haven't seen it for Oz, but I've seen it. I think I think Germany and Poland spell it that way too. You guys put the fucking Wales in New South Wales. <laughs> Uh, so much so, most legal documents here still use the old spelling, as opposed to the more widely used spelling you'd be familiar with up north. I'm fairly certain this is leftovers from our British colonial beginnings and merely formality these days. Same with a term we sadly use often down here, drought. It's pronounced with an out in the middle as opposed to draft. Okay. Because, like, some will say like there's a type of draft beer it's right. spelled like drought so right it's... right yeah that's how guinness spells it but i was just wondering but that, that's what i was wondering was context because if you're talking about drought like like the part where there's no rain that makes perfect sense you know what i right. mean or whatever so all right i'm gonna spell the word and i want you to tell me how you think it's pronounced okay s-p-r-u-i K I N G. Say it again. S P R U I K I N G. Spreaking. Sprooking. Sprooking. Okay. Because there's an I for no particular reason right in the middle there. It's, it's, there's an I in it, but it's still blind as fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, Sprooking is to publicize, advertise, or to orate and give a speech of praise. To as many people as possible. Oh. Use in a sentence, I'm forever spruiking my beloved Potaskew and two of the most funniest cunts on the planet everywhere I go. Well, then we spruck all over the place, man. Just, uh, just... Man, I spruck all over face, neck, and chest. <laughs> and an esky, E-S-K-Y, which you may remember is what Jojo and I were forced to stand on to break in and rescue Kai that day. Yes. Is yes. what you all up north call an ice cooler. That makes sense, though. That I'm kind of so, on board on. So it's like, it's not esky, it's ice-ski. It's sort of like how I would like translate it to someone who doesn't speak J. Yeah, but... <laughs> uh, and what we keep our tinnies and coldies in at picnics, parties, or pretty much anywhere that doesn't have a fridge or freezer. It's compact, portable, and a staple of every Aussie household, because yeah. fuckers drink too much. A lot of new... No, a lot of Americans have them, too. Let's yeah, be real. Yeah, yeah. We have this. There's coolers at every fucking park. Oh yeah, yeah. They're not supposed to have booze in it, but there's booze in it. (laughs) Congrats, CJ, for knowing of Adelaide, and it's the state capital of South Australia. We locals have dubbed (laughs) Radelaide. Okay. But to correct you, sir, the word "quietened" is in fact a legit word, and is the past tense of the word "quietened." Uh, quieten Sawstar. Yeah, no, it's still not a word. It's a word in Australia. Like, you know, it's, no, it's no, like... no. Well, the, and, and as such is not actually a word because <laughs> words down there aren't real. So, and finally, no, Cockle Bay Wharf isn't anywhere near Horny Hill, but rather it's located <laughs> Can we just ask our... that question. 
I did. I said, okay. what the fuck is all these fucking horny hill near Cockle Bay? But rather, it's located just under the Harbor Bridge and adjacent to Darling Harbor. Horny Hill was a name we coined back in the day for what we were secretly traveling where to do, which was That's root. where they hid from her. That's right. Okay. I Correct. remember that. Yeah. Uh, its technical name is La Perose. And as I recently discovered, thanks to CJ, the location of many of the action scenes in Mission Impossible 2. Oh, as, how about that? As well as as well as the adjacent Bear Island, spelled B A R E. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and believe me, back in the day, I was bear over there plenty of times. So there you have it, folks. A few factoids from our local lingo to get you by to get you by down here in Oz, and hopefully some of your cues have now finally been aid. Please feel free to hit me up as. <laughs> Should any more be required, as I take great delight in them all. Now, if you'd be so kind, sir, there's some Oz crew origin tales that need to be told. And now for part four. <clears throat> Oz crew origins. Wait, wait, well, what, 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 Rico? Did you did did you snip your balls off? What the fuck? <laughs> no, I'm sneaking in this time. Hi, guys. Well, shit, it's Steph. What a lovely fucking random surprise. Who would have planned this? <laughs> Not me, of course. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what is really nice about this week? Very rarely do we get to sit back and just like listen to this. <laughs> this will be interesting for both of us. I, I mean, for all of us, because I normally don't read things aloud. So, hi, everybody. I think this you're going to do first fine. Time. <laughs> I, th- I think you're going to do just fine, Steph. If you okay. don't, we'll just edit it out and I'll redo it again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's always, an, there's always an easy way to fix things, especially when you pre-record. <laughs> yeah, true. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so moving on. She starts with, okay, so you all wish to know what made the Emerald City. What exactly, <laughs> besides alcohol, created this band of misfits from all from similar backgrounds, but vastly different experiences. A- alcohol and, and sex. Those are the two things that built that city, for sure. Fuck, yeah, fuck what, Jeff- ma- what made it with alcohol? Alcohol. We built this <laughs> city on alcohol and sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. Uh, different experiences and skewed views of their worlds around them brought them to be so... Strap yourselves in for the prequel of Podeskew Degenerates. Here it goes. Oh, dear. So it's probably best I start at the beginning with my journey of how I came to be, how it came to be two such polar opposite people as Jojo and I became friends all those years ago. Please. I love, I love watching Steph struggle like we do. (laughs) Well, it doesn't help that I'm a little dyslexic. Okay. (laughs) That's okay. Jay's so dyslexic. Yeah. <laughs> actually, your dyslexia may help, Steph, because she spells shit weird, so it might actually reverse in your brain right to the right way. I mean, it might yeah, work two, out nicely. Two negatives equals a positive. We might just have you read all of these after this. So. And it's also pretty funny, too, like, when I'm writing stuff, I almost write like Yoda, where I don't have, like, the order of the words correctly, and I I, I edit myself all the time. What, did you so, train her how to do this when I'm taking a mouthful of beverage? What the fuck? 
I think the rule of thumb, CJ, is just you need to stop drinking. <laughs> I know. I need to drink more. Uh... <laughs> then you belong in Oz. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Where did, where did I leave off? <laughs> I don't... The beginning. Oh, let's see. <laughs> Um, because technically it was her and I who became friends first, but to get, but to get to Jojo, I must first tell you about my first love. In fact, looking back over my life, the truth of it is I consider him my one true love that I've experienced in my life. So Kai, sure. I've had many boyfriends in my time. I've even been engaged twice, but I'm. I'm talking that mad, passionate, crazy love that keeps you off your feet and gives your heart palpitations the second they enter the room. Keeps you the off one your that... feet because you're laying on your back. <laughs> <laughs> the one that makes those butterflies in your tummy flutter madly the moment they utter your name. And when they touch you, all sanity and sense just drift away and you f- uh, and left feeling as if you're the only two people left on the planet and nothing else matters. Oh, that's so romantic. <laughs> Let's see if it's true. Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Did it work? Do you have butterflies of flutter in your, in your tummy? Am I, me saying your name, did that do it for you? Always. I got butterflies of nausea for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Those are snakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She says, For me, that was my first love, David. Ironically, as I discovered listening to CJ's origin story, he shared with us all in Family Matters his OG birth name also. Hmm. Not unlike CJ's parents, he too changed his name to, wait for it, Leaf. How very Joaquin Phoenix. Right? (laughs) He was four years older than my 12 years of age. And while some may say that sounds really young to fall in love, I was always a lot more mature than those around me, and my young years conveyed. Uh, I'm a little more disturbed by a 16-year-old dating a 12-year-old. If my math is right, that's... Yeah. <clears throat> License to drive, but also to go to jail. Yeah, I, I <laughs> guess, but I, I remember 16, and I certainly wasn't looking at any 12-year-olds going, hmm, I want a piece of that. Like, that wasn't happening. <laughs> Such a shame because when you were 16, you had the mental age of a fucking 12 year old. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I like how you're like, you, you were gonna say some shit, and then you're like, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, whatever. No, no. <laughs> I'm not going there. Uh, let's see. Anyone who's grown up as an only child could attest when you're the only kid in the household, you're treated as an adult, and I just expected to behave accordingly. I added an either. It was just expected to behave accordingly. Sorry, guys. Uh, an example of that for me was when I was back in kindy. I'm not certain what you all up north would call that preschooling age of about five years of age before you enter grade school. It's kindergarten. It's, it's kindergarten, yeah. yeah. It's either preschool or kindergarten, yeah. Yeah, depending. Yeah. I mean, they're synonymous. No, uh, no, preschool's before kindergarten. Yeah. You got preschool, kindergarten, first grade. Yeah. That that is technically true. Yeah. Because kindergarten is you you do enroll. Yeah. Well, I, oh, yeah. I I don't know. I was too young to realize if I was enrolled, but it's certainly different than a preschool for sure. So. All right. So 
All the other kids were sitting on the floor playing with blocks and toys whilst I was sitting at the teacher's desks, coloring pencils in hand and holding my own with teachers as they discussed their boyfriends, marriages, and home lives. So much so, my teachers said to my mother, she's an only child at home, right? You have a five-year-old adult on your hands there. So by the time my teenage years had rocked around, that gap between me and other 12-year-olds around me had widened. So it seemed to make perfect sense to me that I always gravitated to friends that were older than I was. And every time I was forced to be with the kids my age, I never felt like I fit in. And the concept of things they were discussing in and into, I'd long since outgrown. See, again, my, my issue is not Jay lusting after or pining after someone four years her senior. My concern is the, the other way, the coming the other direction here. That's the one that concerns so me. So long well, as he stopped when he turned 18, it's fine. But I think her no, point is, is that she didn't look or act like an average 12-year-old. Well, that might be, but as soon as you find, like, I don't know. Like, even if that was the case, once I found out, I would have been like, no, thank you. Yeah, she's mature for her age, only gets you so fucking far when it comes to the law. Exactly. And and just weirdness. I Yes, I understand it, you know, when, you know, and I know it's a double standard because once she's, once he's 24 and she's 20, it's not a thing. But, right. you know, I don't know. Like, you bring in a girlfriend at a party? No, she can't. Why? Her her curfew is 8 p.m. Why? Because she's 12. Like, I mean, like, no. Like, you know. Uh, all right. Go ahead, Steph. Sorry. No, it's a fine. I, I mean, I see your guys' point, but I'm still thinking, like, 16-year-olds aren't really that adult either. <laughs> like, no, no, but there's, <laughs> like, like I don't, I don't see that as a huge gap. I mean, my, my siblings and I, my oldest sister is six years ahead of me and I still saw her as childish. So well, we, we, like, we know of your siblings, sure. Steph, that's well, not saying much. Listen, see, I'm the motherfucker who like his dad was 23 years older than his mother. Which means when my mother was born, my dad was finishing college. No, right. And, and yes, when you think about it from that perspective, that's just, that's that's the thing that, and this is a societal question, which probably could spend another hour on. But, like, at that moment, yes, Rigo, that's just flat out disgusting. But, you know, fast forward to when they finally met, it's not so weird. I, It's just, yeah. It's I mean, not. She I, was I, like, she was like. 20 it's still i mean you know that she's she's 12 and he's 16 there's they're still under 18 they're still not voting they're still like certain countries don't let them drive till 18 so it's not like they're still serve they're both still kids it just like i don't see it as that big of a gap as that you see it i i I think i think what i know it sounds dumb but i think that the biggest the hurdle for me is the lack of teen in both age. Yeah, it's like, teen and tween. Right. Like if I, I swear to God, if she had said she was thirteen and he was sixteen, I think I'd be more on board with this. Like I don't, I don't know why that would make that much of a difference, but I think it wouldn't sound so dirty to me. <laughs> Until it becomes eighteen and seventeen, it's like oh, someone's breaking the law. Actually, right. not not in New Jersey, but sure. There's a two there's and a two year buffer well, in New Jersey, so. It, and it also depends on parental consent, so... That, too. Any- anyway, moving on. 
Yes, that <laughs> war one. Yeah, let's. This was about the the same time I discovered my own voice, thanks to my discovery of Pump Up the Volume, and my teenage rebellion years ha- had kicked in. And if someone told me I couldn't or shouldn't, then that's exactly what I did. I was beginning to explore my fashion sense, morale barometer, my body, so's so's boys. So, saws boys is is it's uh sorry sorry yeah 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 and by the way about her not listening to anybody that hasn't changed at all <laughs> how many of us told her not to mix fucking boot vaccine shots and she still did that shit so like yeah she still doesn't listen but she was uh, ahead of the curve because now they say mix vaccine shots to help you can still to <laughs> for, for the for the for the booster for the booster, yes, but not for the first two doses. They still say don't mix for the first two. It's the booster you can mix. So, Guys, it's a simple rule. You don't mix your fucking drinks. Go. <laughs> or, or let JoJo near them. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then she said, to finish the sentence, and an awakening from within was taking place. And surrounded by other 12-year-olds that were still desperately clinging onto their childhoods, playing with Barbie dolls and dress-ups, I was chopping off my hair and purchasing my first black leather miniskirt to show off my ever-developing figure. All right. Go, See, she, go did, she didn't look like a, like a 12-year-old. <laughs> she probably looked 14. Ask Rob Lowe. That, uh, that argument doesn't work. Nope. True. <clears throat> but still. Uh, let's see. I also discovered my other obsession around that time, roller skating. What? And the coolest place to be seen in my neck of the woods was the local roller arena. Most parents wouldn't dream of letting their 12-year-olds hang out on a Friday and Saturday night in a darkened hall lit up only by flashing disco lights and pumped up music with no parental no parentals present. But my mother was way too busy on a Friday and Saturday night with her boyfriend getting laid and was just relieved I was out also to <laughs> was out also to give a shit. So uh, I'm starting to think she traded her mother for Jojo like that just sounds like to be what happened here. It, well, it just sounds like absent parent, <laughs> really. Uh, let's see. So long as she knew I was there, she was fine. But believe me, looking back, she probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we all, like, look back on our younger selves and we're like, there should have been somebody, like, looking out for us. <laughs> we all need our own Joker. All right. Underage everything was happening there. Booze, sex, drugs. All those things taking place under the illusion to our folks. Oh, they're just roller skating. No biggie. Normally, someone as young as I would never have been welcomed amongst the mainly 16 and 17 year old tribe. But being that I was uh, being that I, too, was fast becoming a reg with the rest of them. Over time, they became to be they began to become intrigued by my presence there. It was then I began my Siggy addiction, one which I've long since given up, but not a day goes by where I don't miss or crave those deadly cancer sticks, and I've even, on occasion, fallen back into that horrid habit. 
horrid because they're an absolute bitch to give up again. You want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to <laughs> buy any death sticks. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it was there I first met Leaf. He was four years older and and was the only kid in my high in my high school who drove a car and dreamed of one day becoming a guitar player in a band. If you were considered cool enough, you got to sit in his car parked outside. Or if you were really in, he'd take you for a drive and speed up and down doing donuts and burnouts at all hours of the night. Kind of like those hoons I was telling you about earlier. At first, he barely even noticed me, but boy, did I notice him. And, and did all the girls. Picture a cross between Christian Slater's dark and dangerous character and Heather's DJ, minus the homicidal tendencies. And funnily enough, DJ Xanthus profile pic, minus the facial hair. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think Christian Slater's character's name in Heather's was JD, not DJ. She wrote JD. That okay, was me. Okay, oh, okay. That was me. That was totally me. <laughs> I was like, because it's 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 a it's a play on James Dean. Okay, all right. Sorry. It's it's JD and DJ Xanthus. It's, I, okay, I'm with. I'm, I understand the confusion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is JD in Heather's. She she, yeah. she wrote she wrote a JD. No, no, well. I was just con- uh, just confirming. my pronunciation. No, it's fine. I was just confirming for the, for the record. J- JD Xanthus. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I'm sorry, guys. No, you're, you're fine. fine. Uh, and just like all the boys down here in Oz at that time, long, blonde, mulleted haircut. <sighs> he always wore his long black coat, discard- discarding it only when he'd speed skate around, usually holding a new girl's hand each week, a subtle yet widely recognized indication she was his girl and nobody was to go near her. One of his biggest fans at the time was JoJo. There's a fucking shocker. Yeah, you, you beat me by half a second, dude. Like... So did she. <laughs> <laughs> Although she had one very big disadvantage, she is as un- unco as the day is long. Okay. Does that mean, like, not cool? I, I, we, we, you're I the don't one think... reading it. I yeah. have no idea. <laughs> We we, yeah. well, we have another cue. Another cue. I, I didn't know if she covered that earlier, guys. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sure someone was yelling uncle, uncle when fucking JoJo was around. <laughs> I think I she yelled that when we talk about her. <laughs> she couldn't skate to save herself, so she was left sitting on the wall and watching other girls who could skate and get his undivided attention. Aww. <laughs> Which only just fueled her fires and left her wanting him even more. Another bitch on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Just as I, too, had been super uncoordinated, usually, I'd been known to fall over my own feet as a kid many times. But for some inexplicable reason, I'd don those skates and I would just take off. Or as Matt Damon put it in Goodwill Hunting... I could just play. 
So much so, it wasn't long until I'd graduated to my first set of street speed skates. And that was the moment you really became classed as a regular. So are those like the inline skates? Where that's what like I was. I was about to ask if they were rollerblades. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I was wondering if they were if that meant rollerblades. So that's that's you know the proper name for them. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I know I I know that they're called rollerblades, but. Sometimes people still confuse those with the with the ones that are set like like uh, a dice where there's four, so two in the front, two in the back. Those are uh, which yeah, is those, why, those are just roller skates. Yeah, but sometimes people com- confuse blades with skates, so that's why I said inline because that that you can't confuse that. That's okay. in the middle. The irony is that they always call them ice skates, but never ice blades. Right. Yeah. When they're yeah. shaped like rollerblades, but not roller skates. I think it's ice skates because hockey, high, hockey skates are often slang for as blades. So it's still the same thing, though. Yeah, it's still the same goddamn. No, too. no, toe pick. No, the, the toe pick. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I know. I don't get it. It's 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 um the cutting edge. Tofik, <laughs> yeah. It, watch the cutting edge with yeah, just DB Sweeney and uh, I don't even know the girl's name. I don't think she's done anything besides that. But yeah, just watch them. I'll have, I'll have him watch it sometime. Yes, please do, and then I will hear how much he hated it. But that's okay. So <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. <clears throat> I decided I'd take my new really fast feet for a spin during a speed skate. There was only one song that ever played during that experience speed skate and has been a fave because it, because of it for me ever since new orders blue Monday. So good. Hearing that song takes me right back to those hot summer nights playing spin the bottle at the back of the rink that only the regs could attend. As soon as that opening began, I rushed out onto the rink and flew faster than I'd ever skated in my life. And I was petrified. My heart raced with every single beat of the music, and my feet were moving just as fast. If your heart beat to the sound of the fucking music, that's why you've got a dicky ticker. (laughs) If your heartbeat was that irregular because it adopted the fucking groove of a song... That, okay, we just you just can't listen to that song anymore, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Actually, it's a At pretty what? regular beat, the more I'm thinking about it, because I can hear it. It's, it's pretty regular. Yeah. God, I love that yeah. song. That's a good song. But a heartbeat is, is three. It's more like a... It's more like a waltz. <laughs> That's most of a tango. <laughs> well, a waltz is three beats. It's not the ba bump everyone thinks it is. It's it's actually there's it's it's ba ba pa. Or as my or as mine and Jay's do it, pa ba pa. <laughs> <laughs> ahead, Steph. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's see. At one stage, I thought I was going to launch over the safety rails and just keep flying through the back wall, but it was exhilarating. Also, 
even though they had been at it for way longer than I had, I somehow managed to keep up with the older boys. And at the end of the song, when I was desperately hoping I would eventually come to a stop, because speed skates have no stoppers at the front, and the and the only was to only way to stop is by turning your foot sideways and dragging it along the ground. Mm. But I, I don't break your fucking ankle. Right. That still makes it sound more like a like an inline skate, like a rollerblade, because I think that's how that would operate. Yeah. They later made rollerblades have a break in the back. Yeah. Yeah. But in, and, and, the, and some of them still don't like you can get them sands break in the back even. Yeah. I always I always use the wall to stop. <laughs> at the at the ice rink, I because I tried and I just kept eating shit. So I was like, I'm just gonna aim for the wall. Uh but I'd been moving at such lightning speed I sincerely doubted that would be possible. But then, out of the darkness, a pair of hands went around my waist and embraced me in a sensual grasp. It was Leaf. Wow, you really took off then. That was fucking fast. He breathlessly whispered in my ear as we continued to skate, all the while held upright and firm in his protective embrace. Heard your name was Jay. Mine's Leaf. Don't don't you go to my school? I've seen you around, but you're not in any of my classes. She replies, thanks. That's because you're in year 10. I'm stuck in fucking year 7 because I was born in February, not June. Otherwise, I'd have been in year 8. I had been attempting to not bring attention to the fact that I was only 12 and not quite as old as the girls he's usually dated, but at that stage, he didn't seem to care. Do you smoke? We're all going down to the down to the back of the rink for one and a game of spin and gin. Ever heard of it? Sure, I've played it a couple of times. In truth, I'd only played a kiddie version of, of the spin part minus the gin, but I didn't wish to highlight my Navite, and an inexperienced and bring to the forefront any more than I had just done already. But don't worry, you're with me now, and you won't be making out with anybody else. If the bottle lands on you, you just swig the gin and make out with me instead. The regs know the rules. That's a bit, like... Uh, forward. <laughs> forward and kind of possessive. Like, hey, Jay, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you had a good memory and, and all that, but, like... That would not fly in this day and age. Like, all right, you only get to make out with me. So it's like, that's eh, okay. Yep. I don't know. I, I'm kind of with CJ on this one. It's a little, a little possessive. Oh, it's very possessive. He's just alpha of the group and everyone knows that you don't fuck with alpha. You know, it didn't work out great for fucking Christian Slater and Heathers. Just saying. Nope. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, but she says, hearing his words, you're with me now, made my heart race even more than I had just been hooning around the rink. And I was immediately smitten. He let go of our now very tight embrace, took my hand and led me off the rink and directly past the regs to initiate this illicit pash drinking game. And everyone was watching, including Jojo. Her eyes were frozen on me, and even from a brief glance at her as we passed by them hand in hand, I could feel her seething. And thus a villain was born. Hey, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, that everything she's done since then has been a big middle finger to, to Jay. 
Oh man, that was her vat of Axe chemicals that right? she just totally fell in. What that was? Oh. I'll get you, you bitch! <laughs> Nicely said, sir. Oh man, it's all, it's all just been vengeance payback. <laughs> Thirty plus years later, yeah, yeah. See, JoJo just forgot. <laughs> she. Like she forgot that she's like, I'll get you one day. And then she's like, Oh shit, Jay's pretty nice. Wait, what was I doing? Oh, that's free right. booze? I was her what? fridge. Free booze? What? Yeah. Yeah. No, it cost her a thousand. Oh yeah, you know, it cost her boss a thousand, but Well, I did yeah, that too. Yeah. Oh gosh, you guys. <laughs> what I later discovered when Jojo and I look back on this brief but frosty intro was that for years she had been in love with Leaf, and most just assumed he would eventually end up with her. After all, she was the hottest girl in his year. Wait, but she'd... that explains why she's never settled down since. There's <laughs> the answer. Yeah, uh, because yeah. they didn't rake Leaf enough, and fucking JoJo is just like, wow. We're we're getting into like some really origin stories the, the, here, man. The unrequited <laughs> love of Leaf. Led to the villainy. <laughs> the, never, the, the leafless satiation. <laughs> yes, led to led to the never-ending roots of JoJo. Because she didn't get leaf, she just had to go for roots. Exactly. Maybe ah. I suggest finding a guy named Tree <laughs> or Bush. But, but she's got a blue one. So a bit of a rep for well being JoJo. What the fuck does that mean? She was easy back then. <laughs> she, she had Damn. a reputation already. So is that why fucking Leaf turned her down? Was because she was a bit of a slut? No. <laughs> he 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 liked his he liked his women, not women. <laughs> I'm not I'm not not no go Steph please read please just read oh dear God. For the rest of the evening, we sat in a circle, myself positioned right next to Leaf, up at the couple's end of the group, whilst Jojo was opposite on the single girl's side of the circle. And the entire night, she was burning daggers at me. Do they really do that? Where there's like a single side and couple side? No. Uh, well, listen. I mean, I've, I guess I, these guys do. <laughs> I've, I've learned in Oz anything is possible. So. Look. I'm of the opinion that Jojo and fucking Jay just need to fuck each other and get this over with. I'm tired of hearing about this for fucking years and this burning hatred and, and vengeance. Just, just fucking get it over with. You both get a root. You both have some awkwardness and you'll get over it because you both, you know, one of you will be drunk probably, you know, like just get it over with. Look, the Joker's always want to fuck Batman. Let's just be honest. Yeah. This is proof that you and I are. This is proof that you and I are indeed hetero life mates because I thought everything you just said about a half a second before you said it. See, it's obvious to us. You guys just need to fucking put down the pot of skew and fucking, you know, pick up the blue meaty and the fucking the pinky fucking pescadoodle or fucking whatever. Yeah, the fucking didgeridoo. Do and didgeridoo each other, god damn it. <laughs> Stop being the Joker and be the diddler. 
terrible. You guys are just terrible. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. They love us. They do. And Steph, you have a big fucking toothy grin. Don't yeah, don't act like fun. you're not enjoying this. <laughs> yeah. You want it too. You oh. want them to fuck so you could read about it. Or hear well, us yeah, talk about that's it. That's point. I have to state the obvious even though I'm in totally agreement with you. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, let's see. But at that moment, I couldn't have cared less. I was lost in cheeky glances with sweet smiles with this older and mysterious dark knight in his long black coat. At one stage, he gently slipped his hand across and placed it on my upper thigh, and it took everything in me not to visibly tremble and quiver as goosebumps began to form up and down my body. I'm glad you're reading this and not me. Yeah, right. (laughs) I have to second that, really. (laughs) All very new feelings and sensations I had not ever been prepared for, and I was loving every moment of it. <laughs> if I was reading this, this would not be doggy. This would be doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> I would be oh. more nauseous if you were reading it. I know that much. <laughs> I would have done a voice. I would have done. Oh, I would have probably oh. done it. Like all all the porn stuff. I would have done is Rickman just to make her head explode. <laughs> I put his hand on my epithy at like, oh God. I, <laughs> anyone else want to throw up? Uh, yeah. Not about you, Jay. Just about like me reading porn. No one wants to hear that. Yeah, no. Okay. One person no. wants to hear that. Two <laughs> yeah. people want to hear that. No. That's it. No more. No, two. Jay and Steph want to hear okay. that. Okay. That, that's fair. Yeah. All right. One day when I'm when it's just Jay and Steph and I on like Skype, I'll fucking like whip out like I, a I, for them. I feel like Kateri would want to hear that too. Honestly, oh. I was just about to say that Kateri I, would probably be game. <laughs> you could probably swap out Harry Potter for a porn script on a dog ear, and nobody would be bothered by it because I don't listen. I'll do I'll do one exception, but I I would refuse to have it recorded because I, I just don't want that public out there and like you don't want have it my, on the record. Have my nephews be like, I'm going to listen to fucking you know dog ear ten years from now, and then they're going to be like, uh, I don't remember this being in the book or the movies. He, he but whipped, I, I would do Harry Potter fan fiction. He whipped out his cock and stroke it thusly, <laughs> and ex- screamed Expelliarmus over Draco's face. <laughs> and and Snape sat there and was stupefied and 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 was oh, I, I want to go home. Love of God. Call it Harry Twatter. Have okay, fun, guys. Steph. You having fun? <laughs> I see why. How you guys can drag these out, <laughs> and they're uh, already long letters, dudes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, the bottle hadn't made its way to us, so we hadn't had a hit of gin, nor pashed yet. So, in a show of what I felt at the time was both very romantic and defiantly rebellious, he reached into the middle of the circle and between turns and pointed it straight towards me. Trembling, he handed me the bottle, which I swigged a a total social distancing faux pas in the modern era, but perfectly acceptable practice in the day. And the moment I did, he gently placed his hand upon my cheek, reached in, and the rest, as they say, was history. Oh, that's bullshit. You fucking tease us? You want to tell us about the kiss? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually okay with it. Thank you. Well, 
You're a prude, but I want to hear some more. <laughs> Our hookup was all the talk on Monday morning at school. Suddenly people I'd never spoken to and girls from other grades whom never dared to speak to a junior or what you guys refer to as freshmen were all approaching me in the corridors. Right, asking seventh, the very same seventh thing. grade is not a freshman. A freshman is ninth grade. She said she yeah. was in year seven. Year seven would be seventh grade. That's how they, they just they just call it that. But that would be seventh grade. No, she said year eight. No, she would have been in year eight if she wasn't born in February. So she was in year seven. That's what she said. But even then, she wouldn't be a freshman. Freshman's nine. Yeah, she would be technically in junior high. Yeah, that's not high school. Yeah, that's that's the junior. When she said junior, I was on board because that's like middle school, junior school. I've heard both terms, so I'm there. But like, she's not a freshman. Yeah. yeah. So I'd she be, she was in the, she was in that school where it had like part of middle school in with high school. Yeah, and I've seen school like that, and it's fine. But and then if she was a freshman, I'd be more on board with this. This is. All right, go ahead. I I want her to just say what Lee's real fucking name is, and I think it's Peter File is what I think it is. <laughs> I was going to go Jared, but, you know, whatever. Mm. <laughs> Eat uh, fresh? What? Eat fresh? <laughs> mm, let's see. We're all approaching me in the corridors asking the same thing. Are you and Leaf going out together? We heard you two were drunk and making out at the rink. Others... Mostly his exes with warnings of he'll ca- he'll just cheat on you and dump you when someone better comes along. Trust me. But considering we were the hot and heavy couple of the year for two and a half years, that turned out to be false also. Wow. Way to show us, right, Sage? Still doing the math. She's a freshman. He All right. Well, that, stop, yeah. stop doing the math, man. It's just going to make the, ma- the math's crazy. important, motherfucker. Look, Jay's Jay's happy and hell. Well, she's happy, but you know, we're going <laughs> to fucking <laughs> At the time she's she healthy was healthy as I am. Let's put it that way. At the time she was healthy. At the time, yeah. Look, I mean, if this is going to if, if if all of a sudden stuff's like, but then something tragic happened. I mean, like, oh fuck. We got to stop talking. <laughs> well, it that seems to be the M.O. of most of these parts. There's usually a tragic part somewhere in the middle. So. Yeah, foreplay and then foul play. <laughs> but in actuality, no commitments have been made at that stage between us. We'd simply kissed one, la- uh, one last time and parted ways on the, on the night. And we joked later on about the fact he didn't even offer me a lift home that night either. And somehow we'd managed to avoid running into each other in the hallways and being in separate grades meant we'd have no classes together. Wait, I just thought of a fucking pun. Does that mean that Jay was technically a leaf blower? <laughs> I mean, no, because she didn't do that. Not yet. <laughs> she, she didn't write it. <laughs> All she said is that they kissed. All right. God, guys. I'm just making a pun. All right. I didn't wasn't being literal. <laughs> Oh, it's Lateral. a thing now, though. Leap blowing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a thing now. Yep. Leap yeah. blower. Leap, Leap blower and Joe Joker. <laughs> <laughs> However, I did run into JoJo. Or more so, she rammed straight into me as we passed each other in the quarter between classes. That sounds Our, right. A hush fell over the crowd, and the quiet tittering of whispers commenced. 
but she merely gave me the evil eye and mouthed the words, fucking slut. Considering the source, ironical and hilarious to all this very day. What the? Thank you. Joe Joker, you, did you choke when you ate those words? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. A little Freudian slip going on there. <laughs> Talk about the kettle calling it. Jesus Christ, man. Like... Where? Later that day, in the girls' dunnies, which, as you may recall from the previous letters, we dubbed The Office, she approached me as I was with my friends, all sharing a sneaky siggy before class, and was irate. She began to sing out, Anyone got a siggy for me? I'm fucking hanging here. She spotted the only person holding one was me, and marched over, hand out, without so much as a please or thank you, Snatched the one I was already extended out for her. It. I offered her a light also, but she reproduced her own, lit it, and sucked in hard. I bet she did. <laughs> Can you guys get out? I need to talk to Jay alone. An alarm began to ring through my eardrums. Both the lunchtime bell and my own inner terror alarm sounding. <laughs> Hoping my mates would stick by me, just in case this bitch went all Jerry Springer. On my ass. <laughs> but instead, they instantly obeyed her commands and fled off to class. Looking back, this was the first of many classes she'd caused me to jig just to have a ciggy with her. Here's mine, you know. I just let him see other girls. Oh, sorry. He's mine, you know. I just let him see other girls so I can see other guys, so don't get too attached to him. You're just his current fling, and I guarantee he'll be done with you once he's fucked you. But as we sat there, not unlike what we do to this day, we shot the shit, had a laugh, and broke the proverbial ice. Looking back as if this choice of making peace was with a foe, or doing algebra for an hour, the peaceful resolution we made that day had a far bigger impact on my life than any math equation ever did. This is the end of the killing joke. Is it Nazi <laughs> day? Yeah, like... I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> After that, Jojo and I would meet up each morning, head around the back of the school or down to the Oval, smoke a few ciggies, and shoot the shit. I think she enjoyed hearing all the juicy inside info I would offer up about my relationship with Leaf, and she was fantastic at giving me the inside info and advice about the next step I was about to take. Sex. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Sex. <laughs> to make it less, like, serious? <laughs> it was that her that first discovered and taught me all about Horny Hill and Makeout Park, which, ironically, I just happened to live right around the corner from. She accompanied me to the doctor to begin taking birth control, and that first terrifying time I entered the pharmacy to buy condoms, which is probably why I later became the school's rubber queen, knowing how hard yet extremely important that purchase could be. I still don't know why he's not the one buying that, why why it was on the girls, but that's what it is. It sure sounds like he wasn't going to. Well, that's fair, but yeah. Yeah, because girls got to be prepared. True. Got True. It. Rather have it and not need it. Yeah. True. True. I can't argue with any of that. So. 
Now, sorry guys, I'm not about to go into the details of my first sexual experiences here. Thank suffice, you. <laughs> suffice it to say, it was a good one, unlike many of the horror stories I've heard other girls suffered through all those years ago. Mine was so good, I couldn't get enough of it, and if we weren't off making out in an unused classroom, or the music room cupboard, or uh, on lunch breaks, or free periods, we were driving over to Horny Hill, skinny dipping when no one was around, and fucking like rabbits left and right. We were completely in love. Aww. <laughs> Teenagers. Oh, so much so, Jojo eventually conceded defeat, realizing Leaf and I were meant to be, and began searching for another to fill her heart, and other parts of her also. But sadly... So, i.e. everyone else. <laughs> Ever. And the rest. <laughs> but sadly, over time, our age difference and life circumstances, combined with the fact that eventually he did, he actually did cheat on me, we broke up. <gasps> There's Fuck a you, dude. shock. Fuck you. Every joke is now serious. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. You fucking leave fucking sack of shit. Fucking. But. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it, wa- it wasn't a big drama filled breakup. Just a thanks for the love and memories thing. We were over. Yeah. yeah. No. Thanks for the love as I cheat on you, you cunt. And I mean the American cunt, not that Aussie cunt. <laughs> okay. What did survive, though, was Jojo and I. And looking back, if I had to choose between. If I had to choose which of the two I wish I'd still have in my life, it would be her. She's been an incredible mate through good times and bad, and I couldn't imagine my life without her craziness in it, even though she scabs all my shit constantly and is a terrible wingman, wingwoman. (laughs) I I beg to differ, Jay. Just saying. I mean, he did cheat on her jojo has yet to cheat on jay because they haven't fucked but i'm here to tell you just fucking do it already (laughs) she anticipated your descent she says oh and leaf i hear you ask (laughs) about five years ago i happened to be bored and was learning all about the wonders of Google and how easy it was to type in someone's oh, name no. and see what happened to pop up. So yeah, naturally, she typed in Leaf and it said, "Why?" Blower. <laughs> so naturally, he, his was my first choice after my own, of course. An article in a local music mag popped up, and when I clicked on it, an article with his name appeared. Local guitarist dead at 40. All those years of booze, drugs, and partying hard had taken their toll on him. As I read on, I learned that, in fact, he'd fulfilled all those dreams we'd shared back in the day together of becoming a guitarist, playing pubs and clubs all over Sydney, and was genuinely surprised. And I was genuinely surprised when we'd never run into him at any of his gigs. Fellow performers all said what a great guy he was and a very talented performer. But the thing that struck out for me the most was several described him as a fluid guitarist. You could put him up on stage at moment's notice and he could just play anything. And he was great backup with support for whoever was on stage with. That was the leaf I knew and will always love from our very first moment together. 
he always had my back. And your front, but you know. <laughs> so oh, well. he lived. He lived the life he wanted to live, and went out the way he wanted to go. I guess. Well, yeah. I feel like an asshole, Jay. In all seriousness, Agreed. you know. Um, I mean, sorry that he's dead. You know, sorry. You know, it it, it sucks. Um, as for me and CJ on the sidelines, we're we're kind of like, fuck this guy. But you know, he kind of fucked himself. So. It, you know, but we we care about your feelings more than him. So. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, yeah, you got Joe Joker. What's there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, you won in this fucking scenario. Whoopee! You won the lottery, and it's a giant case of bullshit. <laughs> Unlike JoJo, Cass was was in my grade. Becca was two years older yet just one grade higher. Her and Cass were neighbors and had been mates growing up together, so it made perfect sense that the two hung out at school often. Cass had always been what some chose to describe as a bit of a tomboy, but Beck was very much a girly girl. Makeup, frilly dresses, the works. Yet still, this unlikely twosome would offer often be seen Together, huddled beneath their fave tree on the oval, sharing secrets and giggles that the rest of the world was never privy to. I think you fuckers should take a leaf out, not not pun intended, uh, a leaf out of their fucking books of how to, you and Jojo to, you know. (laughs) (laughs) On occasion, whispers and rumors about their particularly close bond had raised a few eyebrows. And outside of some teasing from the boys, nobody was any the wiser as to what was really happening between the two girls. They were falling in love. The day in year 11, I was entering the office for the daily ritual of sneaking a ciggy when I noticed the cubicle door adjacent was locked. Yet soft, gentle moans could be heard. Oh. Oh, we get to hear this story? All right. I entered the office quietly, lit my ciggy, and began to hear those moans getting much heavier. Mm. Apparently, whoever was occupying the dunny next door wasn't aware of my presence, nor from the sounds of things, didn't care. <laughs> they began to whisper to one another, and it was then I heard a familiar voice from my classes. Cass. I decided to remain quiet, so not as to not disturb nor embarrass them, put my headphones in and began playing my music very loudly. <laughs> so you decided to broadcast it on a fucking podcast? Well, <laughs> it is what, you know, 30 years later or whatever. Maybe, maybe they didn't know. Uh, my guess is they know. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm 98.5% certain that Jay would like clear anything that she has written to buy I, people I, now. I, unless I, it's about joke joker <laughs> yeah I, I exactly and i would back all that up yeah that was my room of error <laughs> <laughs> a few days went by and the thought that they were keeping the secret out of shame really got to me so i decided to tell Cass i needed to talk with her and if she could meet me in the office at recess it was as if a a light and alarm immediately wa- went off in her head, but nevertheless, she agreed to, to our rendezvous. 
They'd obviously discussed my reasons for wanting to get together because they both joined me as a united front. We sparked up as I began attempting to find the right words to say, even though this meetup had been my idea to begin with. You know, don't you, Jay? That was you in in here with the other day when we were, uh, you know, next door. And what saddened me, and even does looking back at it even now, was the fear, trepidation, and hardest still, shame they both seem to have about getting caught. So Jay says, it was me. And whatever it was you both were up to in there, I was too busy listening to music, so I didn't hear nor see a thing. What you both do is not mine, nor any other fucker in this school's business. And the only reason I wanted to chat was to tell you both that if you ever needed a mate on your side, or anybody gives you shit, you just let me know. I think you're both awesome, and I love that you both found happiness and love with each other. And I'll be damned if I'm going to let anyone else say otherwise. Oh, and here, take this. It's a spare key to the music room cupboard Leaf and I stole from the teacher's desk and had cut so we could hide and make out without being busted by the gossips and sticky beaks. (laughs) I'm I'm no longer using it, so you both should take it. Enjoy. Well, there you go. (laughs) Their mouths are both agape. And from relief on both their faces was evident. From that moment on, we we would get together often, hang out on weekends together, go over to Horny Hill and Manly Beach, where the girls felt far more comfy and cozy to express themselves and their love. Holding hands and sneaking stolen kisses together at my place without the judgment, stigma, and shame many still had back then, they could just be them. Unfortunately, that's still a stigma that's going on, but I'm glad it's lessening. And that you are a supporter, Jay. Yeah, for sure. A few years later, when Jody and I made our great escape to freedom, Cass and Becca were the first to reach out and give us both the same love and support to us. We may not have been gay, but everyone we knew were convinced we were. That was why we'd left home together especially considering Cass and Becca had their big coming out moment at our year 12 formal when Cass brought Becca as her date. And the two of them made out to Endless Love by Diana Ross, which later became their first dance song at their wedding a few years back. Aww. Yeah. So romantic. To which some applauded, whilst many were stu- were stunned, silent, completely unaware what had transpired right beneath their noses all along. Whilst our friendship may have been solidified by much alcohol and piss-up parties over the years, I'd like to think it was formed and withstood all those years with two central key components, love and support. Having each other's back when life got tough and always having a shoulder to cry on a friendly voice to reason amidst the insanity of life, and above all else, knowing that no matter what, you are always loved. Now, the tale of Jody and I, that you'll all have to wait for the sequel to this long-ass prequel, which you'll hear in my next Qualispondent report. And I promise you folks, it will not be as long as a wait as this one was. 
Well, I guess it's now time for you all to head up back north, don that gay apparel, and get your fa-la-la-la-las on. May you all have the most magical, peaceful, and wonderful Chrissy, and may your New Year's be a safe and very happy one. <laughs> With the biggest chlamydia and still COVID-free cuddles, and so very much love to you all, your number one fan, mate, and cunty koala spondent from Oz, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> with nice. hugs and kisses Super very nice cute. i still think you guys need to i still think jojo and her need a fuck <laughs> <laughs> um then, then she would not be chlamydia free <laughs> you're so terrible rico <laughs> jojo fucking loves it you know you do jojo <laughs> you you are look even the joker fucking like saves some lives occasionally that doesn't mean he's not a diabolical fuck. Very true. Very true. So, um, well, thanks for letting me jump in and do this this report with you guys. No, even though was, I stumbled up over it, it a bit. No, you <laughs> have you heard us do it? I mean, come on. So, uh, no big deal. No, it was good. It was good. It was fun. It was nice to. It was nice to be read too. Uh, a, a story I actually want to hear. Uh, so that was that was good. <laughs> Um, Is that a ticket me? No, never. So you I <laughs> fuck. Oh fuck. Oh god. What did I do to you? Uh... <laughs> uh... Uh, you know, you know, I'd rather fucking read to you than watch movies you recommend to me. Should we get to the next portion of this fucking thing? Um Based on that, I'm guessing you did not like this. But yes, as as it is our last, it is technically our last episode of, uh, our last new content episode of 2021. Um, and our, our, uh, I, I, I did recommend and purchase for you a Christmas movie mm-hmm. that uh, I have loved since a kid and I've not seen in years until this year. Uh, but found that I I still enjoy it as much as I did you know, twenty thirty plus years ago, if not longer. God, I'm old. Um, <laughs> so, um, what's the film? The film is called Santa Claus the Movie from 1985. Um, and it stars uh, the biggest name in the thing now is probably John Lithgow, but at the time it was Dudley Moore. Um. Mm-hmm. And depending if you were overseas, David Huddleston, because he was pretty big in Europe, if I read correctly. So well, he's he's the Lebowski. He's the big Lebowski. That's true. He is. That's right. I did forget about that. So I also know him from Blazing Saddles. He's the, the right. He's also he's in Rock Ridge, and he's the heavy set Johnson. There you go. Uh, I've never seen it, but I did read that. So uh, look, I I will start by saying I didn't hate it. <laughs> There are parts that I was like, like John Lithgow as the villain is pretty fucking spectacular casting. The the only way you do better if it's more modern is Spader. That's basically the only like if. Well, yeah. I said like if you like James Spader's voice and John Lithgow's voice is almost virtually identical they're, they're sometimes. Close. Yeah, yeah. Like I want John Lithgow to play his father. Fair enough. That could be done. Yeah. Um, my I think my biggest complaint is that the film is a little inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Mainly because, look, I, Steph and I can both say this. It was an hour and 45-minute movie, but it 
felt longer. I think a lot of it was it just took a long, slow time to get Santa to become Santa. And it was just a very long origin story. But I do appreciate seeing an origin story for Santa. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's only so many films that do that. Most Christmas movies, they just establish Santa exists and he's old and fucking jolly and blah, blah, blah. Right. And to my knowledge, this is the only origin. Maybe they touch on it in the Santa Claus, but I think that's it. They touch on it in the Rankin Bass Santa Claus is coming to town. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, it's not touched on it. That uh, Santa Claus coming to town is all about the origin of Santa. Very, very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Burgess Meredith's fucking random ass cameo was random as fuck. And I remember I was like, is that fucking Mickey? <laughs> and then he disappeared. He just had one. And honestly, we, we kind of had to like, we're like, is he playing father time or is he just an old ass ancient elf? And he's kind of both, but they yeah. don't establish anything about him. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from that, he's just an old ass fucking elf who happens to look like Father Time. That has a long ass fucking beard. Yes. Uh, w- one thing was that was really kind of frustrating to me was uh, Santa Santa's fucking beard just gets it, it, it's a normal size and then it jumps like it, 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 its length practically fucking triples. Well, in there's there's a, a couple, very short span. No, there's a couple massive time jumps in the in the film like so like the 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 growth makes sense you know what i mean like you you could from one scene to the next because depending on how you're reading the scene it could be months between the two scenes right i i was more or less fine with that but go ahead steph i've been talking for me it felt like it's an origin story that's not explaining itself. You have to watch it and piece it together. You know, so Santa Claus coming to town has a narrator that's explaining it. Whereas Santa Claus, the what was the title of it? Just Santa, Santa, Claus, Claus, the movie. Santa Claus the movie. Yeah. Santa Claus the movie. It's very much like vague. You know, anytime that a question is asked, they say, you'll see. And it's like, all of a sudden, there's this, I'm guessing, star that comes down, and it, like, snows on them, and then I'm like, I don't even know what that's all about. Is it the North Star? What's going on? I, and yeah. you, later, you later find out that that's the magic dust they use for the flying and everything. That's the magic stuff that they use, and it's like... Well, that was not readily or easily apparent. <laughs> no, I don't think that's actually viewing. what that is. I actually don't think that's what that is. I think that's a formula of some sort that they have. I don't think that that star is what provides that. I think that's your. I think it's two separate things altogether. I just envisioned that as that was the. But but see, that's my point entirely. Like, it's super vague. <laughs> What's going on? I mean, Steph and I again, CJ. We're we're not trying to trash on something that you you loved, like and and. But the main but, thing is, is that we had a lot of confusion. Right, but I I do have a lot a lot of things that I really enjoyed. For instance, I love how they animated the reindeer, like super love it. How they interact with them, how they gave them personalities. Uh, I mean. 
that was just ingenious. That drew that harkened back to Muppets for me, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, I, 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 I actually had to look up to see if it was Henson's uh, factory that did it because the anima- they are animatronic in well, a lot of both. scenes. They're both right, yeah. In 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 the scenes where they're interacting, them like she's talking about, they're animatronic, and in other in other scenes, they are real reindeer. So right. Okay. You were saying something. No, you yeah, were... you might go ahead, Steph. Keep complimenting. <laughs> um, like I, I loved how they went through time, like how they showed the that over the centuries, and how Santa like developed new things based on new needs, like like the, the kid who wrote a letter saying, "My brother is an asshole to this cat. <laughs> yeah. Like he shouldn't get a gift." Like I mean, I really loved how they kind of organically develop the different things that we now know as all the traits of Santa. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty cool. Um, and how they showed that passage of time with a sand glass, you know, the, the, the hourglass hour yeah. sand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I like that too. Um, <laughs> but it, it was just interesting how the, how like the, the opening where Santa and <laughs> Mrs. Claus, like, learn of the elves to me it felt like they died and are now in purgatory (laughs) like they froze to death and purgatory elves were like we have a role for you to the end of time (laughs) like cj like it's it's not a big leap like it would absolutely make sense for the flow of the story is that they did die in the sleigh in the storm and they, I wouldn't go as far as the purgatory thing, but they became spirits of Christmas, essentially. And the elves were able to use and harness that and give them new life. Plus, they don't have to fucking age anymore because they're already fucking dead. The, the other way I took that is potentially the, 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 the um, and, and I guess it goes back to Steph's point of some of the vagueness, is that the elves actually saw them there and before they died, they use their magic to transport them from wherever they were in Austria or wherever to the North Pole. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, they, they magically brought them there. So they didn't die. They, they would have died if left there. And yes, they certainly were unconscious at one point. No no argument there. But pre-death, before death, the the elves used their their magic to get them from point A to point B. And, right, and that's how they. That's why they're still technically alive, but that's also how they can live forever. Again, elf magic, you know. Sure. So. Right. Um, speaking of elf magic, I kind of was. I thought the exploding fucking candy canes was kind of fucking ridiculous. And I mean, I was kind of into it, and then when Dudley Moore's fucking super sleigh blew the fuck up. <laughs> I looked over at Steph, I was like, there's not a fucking doubt in my mind that Joe the Kid should be dead. 100% dead. Dudley Moore can fucking be alive because he's an elf. He's got magic and shit. They're not going to kill the kid in this movie, though. I mean, No, but you know what? You know what they also did to Joe? They ignored his ass. (laughs) It's so weird to introduce a... Uh, a Dickensian type of vagrant child who's homeless and freezing and starving 
who, you know, presumably he's not even living in an orphanage. He's just on the streets in yes. New York City. Yes. Okay. So Santa fucking hangs out with him, takes him for a ride. Joe says, I've got no place to live. And Santa's like, well, that sucks for you, buddy. All right, we're dropping you off on the corner. And then doesn't see him again for a full year. There's such a big year jump. The kid fucking doesn't get any taller or older, by the way. Well, yes, but I mean... <laughs> because he's so malnutritioned and malnourished and frozen. Movie. I'm saying they didn't have to look. They didn't have to do the whole time jump. They didn't have to do a whole year later. It just I, then then you don't have the kid. That's all. They're, the kid really didn't serve anything to really further the plot. You could still have John Lithgow being an evil toy maker. You don't have to have fucking Joe the vagrant have any part of the plot. You take him out, it kind of helps the plot even more. Because you still have the kid frustration with John Lithgow's stepdaughter or stepniece. Stepniece, yeah. So you already have a kid who's frustrated and, and is pissed off about Christmas. You don't have to have a homeless child who's starving on the street and then have Santa finally realize, oh, well, the more logical thing to do is kidnap you and have you live on the North Pole. Like, that makes sense for Joe to live on the North Pole. It doesn't make sense for him to take the girl... I, I I have to agree with that part. Yeah, like the yeah. the the, the, the step uncle's dead, but the niece, the, the, the nanny, <laughs> yeah, with him, the nanny would be like, "Hey, where'd the kid go?" You know what I mean? Right? Like, yeah, there, I, she would be on a fucking milk uh, carton for fucking ever. And Santa's like, Santa knows it too because Santa drinks a lot of milk. He's like, "Oh shit, she's in my house." And, uh, but yeah, John Lithgow fucking flying out into space. Look, the best thing about this movie was that it's a good compare and contrast. Again, there are some things I liked. I think the casting of Santa was pretty fucking spot on. Um, Mm -hmm. I think keeping with its Scandinavian Germanic origins is pretty spot on. Yeah, I like that too. That was there's really actually cool. a, there's actually I don't know if it was on the DVD, but on the on that I bought you, but on the Blu-ray, there's a version you can watch it in German. Yeah, I don't need that. No, I'm just saying. Like, uh, yeah, I, I because then it would be like, is he Santa Claus? <laughs> I will ask you the questions. Are you naughty or nice? Trick question. You are naughty. Uh, As Santa tries to go on a diet. <laughs> that was funny. That was that funny. Was funny. I also like the part where they're making his, his outfit for the first time and and the 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 seamstress or whatever makes it green and they're like mm, don't know about the green and then they finally decide on the red you know i think dudley moore was kind of not i don't know i i, I think it's a it's a clear indication that dudley moore had alcohol problems because he was in this movie <laughs> <laughs> it just it was just because his the characterization of uh uh patch mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense, in my opinion, that he would, there would be a fuck up at the North Pole, and then he would just decide to be Santa's competition. No, that's not what he was trying to do. Okay. But that's what he was. 
Yeah. But he, but he didn't decide to be Santa's competition. He decided that he could prove himself to Santa and Santa would welcome him back with open arms. He felt rejected by Santa. So that was his goal. His goal was acceptance, not competition. Yes, it might have ended up being that stuff. I'm not arguing that point, but that's not what the goal The goal was not, fuck Santa, I'm going to do this better. It was, I'm I, going to show I'm valuable. Personally, I thought, because the two elves that were trying to become the assistant, one was overly cautious and one was undercautious. I thought the point of the story was that gonna, that teamwork is how you make things work. And that they were going to have patch the mechanic, make everything, and then have the other elf be the quality assurance and make sure that everything is up to Santa's standard. I'm sorry this I movie didn't have a I thought that was going QA to be team. the goal. <laughs> well, yeah, but... And, and then when and that didn't happen... That. When that didn't happen, I was like, oh, with... But 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 that's a lesson. <laughs> yeah, I I really don't. I still don't understand the lesson of the movie. The lesson of the movie is if you're homeless, Santa will take you. It doesn't have to be a lesson. Why does it have to be it, a lesson? Because every Christmas movie has like a has moral. A yeah, this is like the one thing that doesn't. Ha- if you're if you freeze out in the snow, an elf will save you. Like I don't. <laughs> I, I again, man. Like we're we're mostly having fun, but like there were there were more questions than answers after watching this film, especially with like just the simple thing of like you have a reindeer who's like afraid of flying, so you don't have that reindeer lead the fucking thing. You have it be like the the last reindeer. You don't have it lead the sleigh. Yeah, but that I, may, but it also I they I figured they would uh, switch comet. With uh, what's his name? But see, it makes Donner? sense that it's, it makes sense to have him those two lead because he let they were the only two on the original sleigh when when the blizzard occurred. Like that was the only two he had. So he he being Santa being him Claus because his name is just Claus, you know. Initially, right. or Klaus probably is how it would need to be pronounced. But you know. He he would want those two up front. That makes sense to me, you know. So right, I, it just but you know if he's constantly trying to do a loop de loo and it's just not working out. Maybe it's because yeah, but he's it's got not wrong... like he was. I mean, it's also not like he was like, what the fuck? He's I'll try. It didn't work. Okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you know, yeah, so. it's true. It's a very very curiously ambitious and unambitious Santa. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I personally believe that the um, Santa Claus is coming to town is a better origin story for Santa. Um, I, sometimes the the uh, claymation gets a little too, you know, jarring, and 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 sometimes the songs, in my opinion, are a little too sugary and sweet. Yeah. Um, but what I would like to see is maybe a combination of the two. I'd I'd like to take the story of uh, Santa Claus is coming to town and make it live action. And, you know, that, that would have been a much, uh, you know, two wrongs making a better right, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, like, we also saw another Christmas fucking movie afterwards. We saw Rise of the Guardians. Steph had been wanting to watch this, had wanted me to watch this for a very long time. And even though it's not a Santa origin story, it's it's about the holidays and it's actually Jack Frost's origin story, gotcha. but still, it's it's a uh, 
it's a CGI movie like made from the same people who did Monsters and Aliens. Sure. And it, Chris Pine plays like a teenage Jack Frost who doesn't know his origin story. Mm-hmm. And there's a Santa. They call him North. And it's Santa. If like Santa was like a modern day hipster dude, like like a like too fucking like straight and 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 conditioned of a beard. He's kind of like heavy set but really buff too and he's mm-hmm. got on um, he's got tattoo sleeves and one is naughty and one is nice he's got mm-hmm. the list on his sleeves and he's russian and it's played by Alec baldwin and i you think i'm making this up i'm not making this up <laughs> it's like Alec baldwin be like yes let me tell you what about ah das Vidanya. like what the fuck santa you're not even russian you're fucking deutsch as fuck okay it's Chris Kringle, not Chris Kringlevich. <laughs> but I think they did that because of the Yetis. <laughs> the Yetis are in fucking Tibet. Okay. I don't know what to say then. I, I think they were just like, hey, Alec, what accent can you do? He's like, I can do any accent. I'm a world trained actor. He's like, all right, will you do Russian? No, but I'll do it anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sean Connery. I'm, can you do any act? Can you, how many accents can you do all of them? Yes. I can do all the actions. Yeah. Can you do American? Yes. All right, let me hear it. I did it. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> right. All right, uh, let's hear your Irish. Top of the morning to you. That's <laughs> still Scottish. No, it's not. <laughs> all right, uh, you're you're an American. Your your son is Harrison Ford. You're the, you're the father of Indiana Jones. Yes. That's still Scottish. Junior. <laughs> 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 I I would like to hear from you, CJ. Why did you recommend this movie to us? It's just a it's just a movie I I loved as a kid, and and I I I thought with it being a Santa film, you know, Santa Santa in and of itself being very uh, mystical and not and 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 not needing a whole lot of consistency. You you know, some of those things. Exactly, I can just look past it. You know what I mean? Like the the stuff that you guys are pointing out, you know, like but I, you understand our points, right? Like, I do. We're, but... we're not specifically trashing this film and saying this movie sucks. Oh, it, it didn't, it didn't do well or get great reviews. Like I, I this is not like a universally loved film. <laughs> I'm pretty positive. This was produced by like the people who did Superman. Behind it the is, no, don't, don't be pretty sure. It, 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 it in fact is. Yeah. And I can kind of see it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, there's definitely if you've seen the the the, the Chris Reeve Supermans, there's a very there's definitely yeah, right. So um, no, it, it's it's it just it's just a movie I I I remember from my childhood, and, and honestly, when I saw that it was available, but I first off it was on demand on my on my cable, and I was like, oh, and I watched it, and I was like, yep, exactly what I remember. So then I was like. I need to see what Rico thinks of this. And when I looked it up, it was pretty economical. So it was like, I I will share this with you guys. I had to buy it for you twice. So. Why? Because the first time they, I fucked something up and they shipped it to me. Oh. And it was more economical to buy a second copy and have it shipped directly to you than to try to ship said copy to you. Uh, So. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, listen, man. I, I I appreciate you buying it, and I mean, this is not a thing. Like, like 
I've had people give me movies that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fucking sell this at work. <laughs> this is not one of those things. Oh, well, like, good. I mean, I, I half expected that. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I, I would never do that. Well, I, I, mean, I think it's a good thing to have in our holiday repertoire. I totally loved how it opened with the old lady talking about the elves and the stories. The and, yeah. And then uh, Klaus comes in and he has a a hand-carved figure and he didn't identify what it was and the old woman was like well that's clearly an elf you know yeah, it right. <laughs> that was it was just it was so cool how they were tying all of that together and it's just i i think for me i i just got really disappointed in the story that patch decided to try and prove himself outside of the workshop rather than what i initially thought the story was going to be Sorry. about teamwork and working together and and relying on everybody's strengths and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's just because I got that vibe a lot with Muppets, but <laughs> um, yeah, I was just, I got really disappointed in the direction that the story went. Although I really enjoyed how they showed Santa and Mrs. Claus and the development of all the things that we know of Santa Claus. like. Yeah. All of that was really cool. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I, I'm not going as far as to say, like, I don't want this. This movie should have never been made. This movie should have been made. It, it, but, it, you know, I think they, I don't know if it was disagreements of screenwriting. Of, uh, it's just so, certain plot points just were pushed in that didn't need to be put in. Like, on one hand, you could have just had Patch have his own conflict in the North Pole. But then he doesn't go to New York and he doesn't mm -hmm. go to New York. They don't introduce a villain. Right. So, and, and sometimes movies feel pigeonholed where they have to create a villain because there's the misconception that you have to have a villain in your movie. And ultimately I feel John Lithgow, as much as he's an amazing villain really didn't do jack shit. In this, like, honestly, the, the most interesting thing was the origin of Santa and then Patch learning how to be a better elf. And you could have him be his own worst enemy, including these exploding candy canes was just kind of ridiculous. And then the, the kids, I mean, I get it's a Christmas movie, so you have to have kids in a fucking Christmas movie. Yeah. But then you take the fucking homeless kid, bring him to the North Pole and have that be his fucking adventure. Don't. Don't, you know, don't be nice to him. Be the only person nice to this fucking kid apart from one rich chick and then leave him alone for a fucking year. Like a lot, CJ, a lot of things could have happened in that year. Oh, sure. He could have been, he could have been stolen. <laughs> he could have been raped. He could have died of starvation. He could have froze to death. He could have been run over. He could, I mean, like a bazillion things could have happened to fucking Oliver Twisted, you know? <laughs> I also I also kind of half expected John Lithos evil character to be tied in with the um, defunct Christmas gifts because it opens with John Lithgow's company making dangerous gifts. Yeah. And then that that same year, Santa comes out and has all these diff these gifts that were not high quality. And I thought that John Lithgow, his corporation would be blamed for it. Like they were going to lump Santa yeah. stuff in with him. And then there would have been a conflict of, wait, no, 
the, <laughs> like that's that's Santa stuff. Like, and then and there would be a crisis of faith in in Santa even existing. No, from I get that it. angle, absolutely. So um, you know what you do? You you make you make patch the fucking the the John Lithgow row. You have him run away from the North Pole in shame, go to New York and start his own toy company, and it sucks, and he becomes a villain. That's what that, you do. That's a way to go, yeah. I do, well, so we can start to wrap things down, I want to just give you a couple pieces of trivia from the from the movie, just that you might find interesting, despite, you know, the, the issues, because some of these things are really kind of interesting. Um, one of the things we talked about already was the, the real deer and some of the, the real reindeer and some of the, the scenes. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I love it when movies do that when they actually like go the extra mile and have live animals when there's animals as characters. Like that's cool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm I'm gonna go out. No, I'm not reading these in the order they're listed because I'm gonna try to read them in the order in which I think Rico will find them the most interesting. Not nothing against you, Steph, but I know Rico finds these more intriguing. Well, the irony is that I did read all the trivia, so you would actually be telling stuff. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So. Uh, first off, Burgess Mer- Meredith is fourth build on the thing and has eight lines. Yep. <laughs> you know, I think, I think the writers had eight lines when they wrote it. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing, uh, Paul McCartney was going to write the theme song, but they eventually, he could, his la- record label said no. So, yep. um, see if you've read all these Rico, it kind of takes away some of the impact, but that's all right, I guess. Um, well, no, it's you know Steph's Steph's here, Steph's here too. Well, I'd still like to hear some of your thoughts on some of these. But anyway, like Fred Astaire was considered to be the Burgess Meredith role at one point. I the the irony is Fred Astaire was the narrator of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yeah. So I think Fred Astaire was like, I already did it, and I did it better. Um, <laughs> right. Which I mean, it kind of makes sense why they would want him because I mean, he already he already had a successful way a, a successful you know showing of sure. Santa Claus origin story. And then and Danny James, Kay was dead. Yeah. Yeah. And James Cagney was also considered for the elf role, the ancient elf, but his health wouldn't allow him to do it. Which is ironic. Yeah. And he needs then, to play an ancient fucking elf. He's like, I'm too ancient and I'm too elfin to do that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah. That's the, the, um, What's the other one I wanted to read? A couple more. Um, oh, original offers for BZ before Lithgow. Really interesting. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna go in reverse order. Uh, Johnny Carson. I don't think John. <laughs> I don't think Johnny Carson could be a bad guy. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. So. Donny Dustin Hoffman. Yes. That he totally that, could. Burt Reynolds. I could see it. And then Harrison. Yeah, yeah. Fo- and then Harrison Ford. Those were the four that were offered before. Uh, Honestly, I would have chosen maybe Burt Reynolds yeah. if Lithgow said no. I Burt, well, I think Burt Reynolds would have been a really good villain. These were all before Lithgow. They were all right. offered before Lithgow. So, um, and I think there's two more that I wanted to say. This one, this is the one that I thought you would find real interesting, Rico. But it, se- it seems like you already know it. John Car- Carpenter was the first choice to direct this thing. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. With I was like, Brian, he went from Halloween to Christmas. With Brian Dennehy as Santa. You know what? That's pretty spectacular fucking casting as Santa. Especially at the time. Yeah. Wait, who's... who's remind me. Face Brian, 
Brian Dennehy, I think you would probably, you might recognize him more, Steph. Well, one, he played uh, Remy the Rat's dad. The vo- he's Dennehy. the voice in Ratatouille of the dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. the dad. Right. But he is also Chris Farley's dad in Tommy Boy. Okay, okay. I have, yeah. I have a face to name. So he w- he was considered he was going to be Santa Claus if uh, uh, if Carpenter had read the, or directed the thing and he also wanted to write the music apparently uh, Carpenter did which I, we, we I, all I'd know be all for it. yeah so I think it would have been, been interesting it would have been I, I edgier how, I think I don't I don't know how um, jolly Santa would have been though <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> like, that's that's my concern with it honestly so um, I mean. Ed Asner, who played fucking Carl and Up, true. Uh, he played Santa in a movie once, and I mean, he, he some actors can aren't always grumpy fucks. True. <laughs> um, my last one, and I think the most important one on the list, and Steph, I think you will appreciate this the most too, is all the toys that were made and bought for the Santa workshop scenes were all donated to children's charities after the movie was done. So. All, including the broken ones? Uh, I doubt that. So, yeah. <laughs> but all all the all the toys that were in that room were uh, donated to children afterwards. So I think that's pretty badass, honestly. So altruism, yay! Yeah. So, <laughs> um, to you know this this is it. This is our last. This is the last Potaskew of twenty twenty one. The last new content. Potaskew of 2021. We'll we'll be putting out one more, but we're we're taking a break between now and New Whiskey's Eve. So, uh, yeah, I wanna I wanna thank everybody for spending your year with us for sure. I mean, we'll be back to do the New Year thing, so I'm not gonna get too into that. But you know, happy holidays to all of you and whatever it is that you celebrate specifically. Uh, which reminds me, there was this term in this movie I haven't heard in years, or I haven't I haven't spoken heard spoken. I think I've seen it written on things. But seasons greetings. That's another that's another all encompassing one. So I will say seasons greetings to everybody that's listening. Uh, you guys have anything before we, Steph? Steph? Uh, no, I think you covered everything, CJ. It's really great that you have followers that are fantastic mm-hmm. and stick through you through with you guys through the holiday season and don't get too busy. Um, and so thank you everybody for just always being there and keeping keeping the spirit alive and wanting to keep the show going forward. I concur. Uh, happy holidays from from myself to all of you. Thank you for subjecting yourself to listening to us. Uh, we do appreciate it. Um, have yourself a fucking happy holiday, guys. Love you all. Hey, motherfuckers, get ready for a long closing that us podcasters are obligated to do. I try to make this funny, so bear it all with me. If you're currently listening to this after an episode, then you already know how to find us. But if someone played this for you and you need directions, then you can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Or simply Google us. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Seriously, we're not just saying that because we want to. We need your acceptance. Also, we do it live! Fuck it! Sorry. What I mean to say is we show off our shenanigans every Friday on GetVocal.com slash PodAskew. That is vocal, spelled V-O-K-L. This is a way for our fans and friends and family 
to interact with us and occasionally offer to pay for therapy. Catch these interventions at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do the math if you're not in either of those time zones. Also, if you happen to like us individually, I do a live reading of books called Rico's Reads. This means I take a look and read a book. Currently, I'm waiting for LeVar Burton to sue my literate ass. But I add funny voices and say fuck a lot. So it's not true plagiarism. So let me tuck your ass in on Thursdays on GetVocal.com at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for you West Coast dudes, that means 4 p.m. If you want to agree with or yell at us, especially CJ, follow him and me and the show on Twitter. The show is at Potaskew. I am at Rance Rico. And CJ is at M underscore Blade. Clearly, he put more thought into his username than I. We want to thank Logo Mike for our logo. That's why we call him Logo Mike. The dude is our very own Michelangelo. If you want or need some good art, hit him up at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. We got to give a big sloppy thank you to Samuel Lemons for all the original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. When life gives you Sam Lemons, you better pucker up. And fucking finally, and most important, we have to thank all of you. Well, we don't have to. We want to. It really does mean a lot to CJ and I. You guys have prioritized your time listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Hang tight for the post-credit. Damn it. I need a smoke. Hey, Rico. It's Jesus' birthday. Damn it. partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's partner plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway and maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Nutrisystem, Inc.